Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, the swing state to my absentee ballot, Mr. Shaheen Avandu! Uh, I am here to say that I approve of that message, and I will promise all motorcyclists will ride more and get the proper tires and get the right oil and uh, do all the track days and buy the right motorcycle the first time. Tires and oil, probably the only two topics of higher contention oh, yeah. than the current American political system. I, I, I dare say they're probably more you know? contentious. It's just dividing America. Are you are you a, a Michelin a Michelin man? You know, I am. I, I am shaped packer? like the Michelin man. Uh, are you a Dunlop dude? I have a Dunlop on my my track bike. I have uh, you know tractor tires on my daily rider. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a uh, you know not making any friends with my tire choices, but you know they're for me. They're doing the right thing, and I'm here to not influence you, but to only give you the. I don't know, honest truth about how I feel about my tires. Open mind, open ballot. Open mind, open wallet. That's fair. That's <laughs> accurate. It is the day after the election. so um, I drank a lot yesterday. Yeah, it's been an interesting 24 hours. I bought Happy an extra reaping. bottle of whiskey and I went. Th- <laughs> I nearly went through it. So, you know. Happy reaping day to you, sir. Oh, I've <laughs> May been the re- odds be ever in your favor. I've been reaped. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about some fucking motorcycles. Fuck then. yeah, motorcycles! <laughs> you know, I talk about motorcycles every day, literally I do too. every day, and still not tired of it. I need to find some friends here in Portland that have just nothing to do with motorcycles, just so I can be like, "Hey, let's talk about houseplants." Like, do you do you want to talk about? Do you, like, um, do you like water them every day, every other every other day? You know, the trick like, with a good plant is only water it once in a while, so it becomes a stronger plant. Uh, that's what I've been told by the people that grow grape vines that I like to drink the juice from, otherwise known as wine. The vino? The vino. I was, um, I was talking to a potential lady friend in the, in the early stages of lady Ah. friendship. Were you wooing uh, her? Like last week was kind of a crazy week. (laughs) What? You know, just just last week, Jensen. This last, like the last like 10 days. (laughs) I mean, it's funny that the last podcast we put out, which was from like literally three months ago, we were were just like, fuck you. We're like, fuck you Wednesday. Fuck you last week. Last week was crazy. Last week, you blow. I'm telling her her, like, what's going on? And she goes, wow, you really run with a fast crowd. (laughs) And I'm just kind of like, I have, I have no idea how to, I don't don't know how to respond to that. Like, are you referring to, to our, like Miss Hannah Johnson? I mean, literally she's, fast. She's kind, of, she's kind of fast. She's super fast. She's she's okay. I mean, she's gonna bump up to middleweight next year, and you know, realize that. Uh, Is the shit talking beginning now? Oh yeah, we're starting oh, shit talk. Yeah. Shit talks starting All right. early. All right, just want I just want to duly note it. Yeah, I'm a, a bratty <laughs> little sister that <laughs> wish my parents never adopted. Uh, you know, um, I love her so much. Yeah, um, motorcycles. Motorcycles are cool. Motorcycles are fun. We had some motorcycle news. We've done some motorcycling. That's where I want to get to because you have news. I have news. You have news. I know you have news because I stopped by the other day at the shop and saw your news. I I bought an old I bought an old Piaggio scooter, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically not wrong, but you know, 
okay, I've I've lusted after this bike for I don't know twenty years now. Don't don't say it like it's something that you've done exclusively. Many a people, myself included, uh, fair enough, have wanted what you now have. This bike, which is funny. And I'm not talking about hashtag T man, although that would be accurate as well. I mean, also super accurate. Many people pine after hashtag T man. Back off, motherfuckers. I put a ring on it because I liked it more than you. Oh, uh, <laughs> shit got real. You see how you did that? Right. Shit that's got real. Right. <laughs> to uh, shut that shit shut down. The- and here's why hashtag T man can win any and all arguments in our household because <laughs> I just bought another motorcycle and she, you know what she said? Honey, it's beautiful. Congratulations. I love it you so beautiful. much. She has good taste. Dude, she came over, she gave me a big hug and kissed me. She was like, it's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. And there were people at the shop like, who are you? That's, that's not real. That's not I'm like it is. It's called a healthy relationship where if you win, I win. It's pretty cool. Also, I kind of told her that I sold some things to buy this thing. So, you know, it made economic sense, <laughs> which is not a lie. It is the truth. But, you know, she was like, she, she's like, you know, you're so cute. You came, gave me the numbers like an accountant and you knew that I was going to ask some questions and you answered them before I even brought them up and boom, done. Here's a, a three <laughs> uh, page uh, presentation I've put together. So the, so uh, the said, uh, lust worthy piece of machinery is a 2004 Aprilia Tuono factory. It looks like the factory race model, but it is not. It's just a factory, which has got those badass blue OZ wheels. And the reason it looks like the race model is because it's got the full carbon fiber body kit that the race model came with. Uh, I believe the race model had white, I think there were magnesium wheels, I think. And then I think like the swing arm had different pivoting points where you can like adjust it according to your style or whatever. Nevertheless... I've been lusting after this bike for damn near 20 years, and it finally came across my path. And uh, it's a fellow listener who used to own it, who traded it in on a um, new 2021 Street Fighter S. Oh, wow. And he well, didn't I, necessarily want to get rid of it because he knew. I mean, he has some sentimental value. It's a great motorcycle. And, and I was it's like, super clean. It's, it's insane bonkers clean. And, carbon uh, fiber. Well, you're not even like doing this. You're like carbon fiber, everything. All the things. Full titanium exhaust. Like a full system on there. It's got the little switch. Oh, Jensen, 2004 called. (laughs) It's got a switch on the dash that you can switch to maps. Yeah. It's, ugh, I, I, I'm, and you say I'm grinning switch, talking about it. It's like one of those like NASA, like fuck off switches. It's just not like, like it's got an audible (laughs) when you click it. It's so good. Um, it's, I mean, it's perfect. It's truly perfect. Um, he, he was so kind, you know, when he found out that, so basically he didn't want to trade it in. And then I said, Hey, listen, if you trade this thing in, I'm probably going to buy it. I've wanted one of these for so long that just looking at it makes me happy. He had brought it by the shop maybe like two months ago and let me take it for a spin around the block. And I came back, my face hurting from grinning at this thing. It makes all the right noises. Those Rotax motors are just so beefy. And so he said, <laughs> and it's the nicest thing I've ever heard in my motorcycling career as a, you know, as a retail person, but he's like, you buying this thing is making me have a really positive emotional outburst. He's like, I'm really, really excited about this thing. <laughs> and he's a, he's sort of a, he's one of the smartest human beings I've ever met, but he is very sort of like even keeled, uh, very analytical, you know, he'll look at everything from every angle possible. And so for him to have sort of like an emotional outburst towards this thing made me really, really happy. So um, I haven't ridden it home yet. It's still sitting at the shop because I just tonight for the first time in a month and a week, I took the cast off my foot. Doctor asked me nicely to not ride a motorcycle for one more day. And I really want to ride the bike home tomorrow so badly. <laughs> um, so I'm going to behave one more day, 24 more hours and, uh, then take the bike home. But 
you can borrow it anytime you want because I've borrowed your Street Fighter more than once. Yeah, I'll take. And that also, he said, "Hey, it'd be cool if you guys did like a throwback test." Although they're a little bit apart in in you know model year and like engine format, uh, format's the same, but the engine size and power output is a little bit different on them. But I'm curious. I'm a little bit curious to like, you know, I guess in 2008 there was a Tuono 1000 twin. There was, and the engine was more or less the same. Well, actually, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't. I don't know if the Tuono production continued all the way until the v4 model and the v4 model would have been popping out 2015 no like oh, was it really that early or so because rsv4 came out right when i started ass fallen rubber which uh, was 2009 10 9 8 what is it no 2008 is when i started ass fallen oh wow rubber. wow we just, so did our, we just had our 12 year anniversary Shane. Dang. where's the plaque man uh, yeah i'm supposed to get a gold watch i was told no. You better talk okay. to the boss. Better talk to that. Coda, do the right thing. Management teams lacking. <laughs> um, Super psyched to have this bike. That's my that's my current uh, motorcycle news. My personal motorcycle news. Now I'm looking. I gotta find out. I feel like I feel like they want they stopped in like 2006 or something with that particular. Well, because yeah. they changed the body style at one point. Because up to 2005, it looked like it mine did. with that triclops front end. And then it went to a dual headlight setup. Yeah, 2006 to 2010, which was not your year. Yours is no. the older one. Yours yeah, mine's the 2000 to 2005 body style. Yeah, but they went up until 2010, and then 2012 was when the V4 popped out. So I think I think that 2008 to 2010 or 2006 or whatever 2010 model, I think they had the same motor. I think it was still a Rotax twin, 997cc Rotax twin. I don't think they really went up in horsepower necessarily. I think they were like 130 plus horses. Yeah, you're really getting granular about this thing. You're really getting there. I I, I think the, the different generations were fairly different in in, in 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 engine. I think the cylinder, right? You know, I think it's the same. Uh, what was it? A sixty degree right. twin. Right. I think that's like the basic architecture is the same, but I don't think the engines were the same. Hmm. But you're really that's like right when I was starting to get into it. So uh, I was talking to you about it yesterday, and I was like, man, if I could find the original Aprilia racing shotgun exhaust for it, I would put it yes. on there, which I still think about that. But this thing's got a full titanium system on it already, which, really and it sounds really good. So it's like, eh, just leave well enough alone. So I might just leave it alone. But if anybody listening has a line on a shotgun Aprilia racing titanium exhaust, I, it, I may be swayed to go to that because it, I just I like that style. It just takes me right back to, you know, a good 20 years ago almost. Those bikes are so cool. I had such a soft so spot cool. for that. Me the, too. And that year, or that generation RSV. That generation RSV in yellow with the factory blue wheels on it is still yeah. one of my dream bikes. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty okay. Pretty okay. I'm, I'm happy for you. I was super stoked. That I'm super stoked. So I've good. never seen you so excited around a bike. I was I was genuinely pleased with your reaction. Well, the, well, I mean, well, thank you. Um, but that's <laughs> no, one of those. Like, that's one of those. I wouldn't say formative bikes for me, but that was that bike was out right when I was really starting to get the bug. That's why I'm saying. Like, right. I kind of know a lot about this bike, and I kind of don't. Like, it's really like those early years. Right. Um. Uh. There's a lot of sentiment to that, and like that was like in a time when no one had Aprilia's. Like, not to say that like Aprilia is like a super they you just know, weren't all over the place now, but like that was when like if you could go up to a motorcyclist and be like, "Oh, I've got an Aprilia," and they'd be like, "A what? Oh, right? <laughs> uh huh. Uh, is that a what is that? Is that a is that like a Vespa? What is that? 
now like it's it's i feel like it's more established but those bikes are i mean like like you said the road tax motors were bulletproof right uh the chassis were good like they were they were a solid bike i mean your bike puts out like 120 horsepower which right. at the time was, was a lot was a lot yeah uh the tl 1000 when it came out i think in race form was like 130 and that was like the fuck you motor I did I did a little quick research on the specs on there because I'm trying to see if I can find any kind of how-to on the bike. Um, but according to Aprilia specs, it was 130 horsepower and 74 foot-pounds of torque, which is super lofty and, and healthy. That was also, though, to be fair. To be fair. That was a point in time where Italian horsepower and yeah, torque ten more, figures, you know, A couple of two, three, ten more horses makes it sound a little... I'm not going to say they were lying. They just had a little loose relationship with the truth. You know, if you got to pay extra for the motorcycle and it's coming from the Italy land, the motherland, you got to add a couple of extra two, three horses to it. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta buy this or a Suzuki, you know? I love it so much. I'm so excited about it. And I and I love that now I have two motorcycles from around that same era because my triple nine is a 2003. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Me I got too. two super analog twins at home. And then there is, you know, the rest of the news we're going to go to, which is what's going to happen in my garage soon. That's last on the list. L- oh, damn it. Wait for the best for last. I'm going to make you wait. I'm going to make you wait. This fucking Tantra, baby. God. Uh, yeah. Fine. I'll just yeah. keep drinking my, this one my fizzy juice here. Um, but, 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 I've got some news. I've been around. Come I've been around me. the block. Yeah, you've been, you've, you've been going around riding things, doing stuff. Yeah. There's a f- pretty freaking awesome machine in your garage. So there's, a, there's an interesting machine in my garage. <laughs> I had to clear space out for it. I had to you kick, have a thing uh, for like giant long-term motorcycles, don't you? You know what? I'm, you know I'm going to have this bike for like 12 months. God, I hope so. There you have. Yeah, so BMW was very, very nice. I couldn't make it down to LA for the R18 launch slash ride away, which is you go and you you basically ride the bike home. Um, it's just it was just too far. The fires were going on then. Like I was like, oh, I'm oh, that's not, right. Remember that time where yeah, everything I'm was not on going fire? across like the town, let alone like down a state. Like I'm not going 15 what hours. What a story that would have been though. Come home. There's no house left. That'd be <laughs> rad. That's a great you story. Were, you were in the danger zone. <laughs> I, was, I was sweating bullets. Like right around that time I was sweating bullets. And like, I think they like sent me the invite. And I didn't respond for like three days. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, my world's literally burning all around me. <laughs> I mean, literally burning. Um, it's a little bit of hyperbole because we weren't super close to it. I shouldn't pretend like the, the streets were burning down, but I was definitely concerned. Um, so, yeah, we have BMW R18 in the garage. Uh, R18-2 slash 2. First first edition. First edition. First. I like, it's like like on the internet. First. First. Um, it, you know, Shaheen, I talked a lot of shit about this bike. You, I have, you're, it is you're generally smiling when I see you on this thing. It is amazing that BMW even sent me one. I'm just like, really? You're going to, like gonna seeing me, you on a cruiser is mind boggling to me. Seeing you on a cruiser happy about it is doubly so. <laughs> you forgot to invite me to the S1000 double R launch, but you sent me, you sent me an R18. Okay, this cool. is how you change people. You know, you don't give them the same shit they're used to. You give them something a little different. That's that. I like it. I like the way BMW thinks. No, it's, um. There's a lot about this bike that I want to talk about and and want to write about. But the thing I've been percolating on and the thing that I think I had in a conversation with BMW that probably led to the bike ending up in my garage, this is a really important motorcycle. Super. I don't know. I mean, at the time, I didn't know how, how it was going to be, how it was going to ride and, and, and all the things. But the fact that the folks in Germany see an opportunity 
in the American cruiser market enough so that they're going to build this bike and they're going to build a platform. They're, this is going to be, this is the first of many. We've already seen actually right. the, uh, uh, the, this classic, is the first edition, the R18 classic come out, which is really not that different. It's got a 16 inch front wheel, different exhaust comes with a screen and bags, mm. but it's kind of a, it's kind of a parts bin special. It's kind of a little bit of its own model, but we know we're going to see a few more of these, these bikes from the R18 lineup. So the fact that they see an opportunity enough there says a lot about how they view Harley Davidson and the American cruiser scene, which I think is super interesting. Like for, for me, this indicates there's blood in the water and brands like BMW and others. And obviously Indians taking a, a slice of it are just, are just lapping it up. And we can kind of see it like Harley Davidson's Q3 report just came out. They're still hemorrhaging uh, bike sales. They're, they're able to make some money now. They've, they've gotten their business side. Right. Uh, I think a lot of that profit that they saw in Q3 is, is one-time deals. Uh, they're writing stuff off, but they're kind of trying to make it work. But the sales are still hemorrhaging. You know, 8% sales drop across the globe. Woof. I think it's like 10% in the U.S. I think they're down. I should probably pull it up so I'm not just spitballing here. But um, the 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 crux of it is there's blood in the water. And BMW is like, yeah, I think we, we have a shot here. Yeah, what is it? 18% so far. Sales down for, for the first nine months of 2020 worldwide. Dang. 19% in the US. Those are terrifying numbers. Q3 is a little bit better, but but this is the thing that's so interesting because I think, what was it, just a show or two ago, we were talking about how record Q3 sales for, for brands like Ducati and, and BMW and others. And meanwhile, Harley Davidson's still bleeding sales. Um, so for this bike to come out right now, I think it's really interesting. So now that we have it in the garage, it looks pretty good in person. It's super handsome in person. Handsome's a good word for it. It really is a handsome bike. It's I think a handsome bike. It, it's 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 interesting, right? Because that motor is, I mean, it's so big. It's like three feet wide, man. It's so big. That motor, it may not be thirty six inches wide, but it's fucking close. I bet it is. I I bet it is too. It's really big. Like you had it at the house the other night, and I looked down, and it's like motor. <laughs> but I sort of like that it. They did a good job showcasing just this heart. Of this motorcycle being the motor of it. Um, but all the lines are nice on it. The, all the, you know, um, proportions are right on it. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I think that's what makes it. It's very pleasing to the eyes. It's all metal. It's all metal. It just feels good. It feels like high and well thought out, you know, pieces put together. Um, so far cry from BMW's, you know, original cruiser the r1200c (laughs) which was if that's your starting point if that's what you're measuring against then like just about anything was going to be better that was one like the worst motorcycles that ever came out i think it was hideous and they tried really hard to sell it i mean james bond wrote one come on remember um but james bond also orders uh, a weak martini every time he's at the bar so he's because he's there to conduct business jensen not get shit-faced you can't have whiskey dick or gin dick i guess whatever (laughs) 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 Um, super, super good looking bike. I've only sat on it, uh, sitting still. I got to fire it up a couple of times. <laughs> Boy, that thing's got some, it, it, it feels like it's going to get yanked out of your hands when yeah. you rev it, when you're just sitting there. For anyone that's never been on a motorcycle that has a transverse engine layout, typically what happens is when you start it up and when you rev the throttle, the bike will list to a side before the, the yeah, most bikes list and- to the side. This thing 
falls to the side. <laughs> it, it definitely has a little bit of a, a little bit of a torque to I it. I just like everyone's got the same look in their face when they do it because their feet suddenly get planted on the ground and their eyes get really big like, oh, I almost dropped it. Because <laughs> well, it's, it's a heavy bike. It's a very heavy bike, and I almost dropped it in the in the driveway the other uh, the other yeah, day. Yeah, but it would have fallen three inches sideways. Yeah, dude. it would have been fine. But I was like, I was like, holy <laughs> shit! Like, I'm like pulling it up, like this fucker, so goddamn son of a bitch. What does it weigh? Do we know? Oh, it's like 800 pounds. Is it really? It's pretty heavy. You want an exact weight? We yeah, should be precise. I want to say it's 736 pounds. I don't know why. 736. That you want to bet a burger on it? Oh, no, no. You already owe me a burger. We're going to get there in a minute. <laughs> there. I think I do. You're pretty close. Um, unladen weight, fully fueled, ready to go, 761. Dang, that was close. Not bad. All right. That was my uh, unfueled weight. <laughs> Tell you what. What? Fries are on me. Ooh, no, no, no. You owe me a <laughs> double. You, you owe me a, what there they call go. a two by two by two. No, I, owe, I owe you two of them, I believe. No, I don't. I'm trying to watch my girlish figure. One's good. This is the man who's like, I'm only going to eat this half burrito before we do it. I know. That's the problem. If you give me two, I'm going to eat both, man. I need one burger. It's called a two by two by two. It's two patties, two cheese, two bacons yeah. Yeah. at our favorite uh, hit the spot joint. Hit the spots. That's pretty good too. So good. We've been. I gotta get. I gotta hit the gym. He's got a a chicken burger now, which is unbelievably good. He processes the meat the same way he does the burger. I'm gonna try it. I don't know if I'm gonna be a convert, but I'd try it. I don't think it's gonna convert you, but it'll give you a nice option for later. Yeah, it's a little healthier. Yeah, sure. sure. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> when you're cooking Still everything bacon in, and cheese on it when you're cooking everything in bacon grease it's right. gonna be like hey it's chicken it's healthier yeah. it's only nine thousand calories go fuck yourself eat lobster it's good for you yeah and then dip it in five pounds of butter yeah. <laughs> oh, um, anyways your bmw it's roughly 12 feet long it's roughly three feet wide oh my god it probably rides really smooth because it looks butter no, smooth. no it doesn't it. <laughs> it doesn't right does it either. rattle your brains out <laughs> so here's the thing i i am I am genuinely enjoying that bike. It is funner to ride than I thought it would be. Um, there are there are some gripes that I have that are like kind of like BMW. Did you ride this motorcycle before you put it on the market? Like we, they rode a Harley you, and they were like, "All right, as long as we're better than this." I want to meet the BMW test rider who apparently is impervious <laughs> to vibrations because every freaking bmw i've ridden in the last three years yeah what's the story here the most insane vibrations the s1000s like that the s1000 sorry i should say the s1000 rr is like that has been both like that. generation well yep. i haven't been on the new generation i've the, heard it's the same it's the s1000 xr Oof. this r18 and you just sit there and you're just like do you just have calluses on your ass? Maybe they do. Maybe like, the Germans are built differently than the rest of us. Have you I don't been know. like making scheisser porn and you're just like impervious <laughs> in that area to pain? <laughs> that's that's a reason why I don't get invited to wrestling. <laughs> I can just hear somebody in marketing like, all right, let's Nine? go ahead. Go ahead and take his name off. Nine? We put it on there. We thought he was going to behave, but no. Scheissen my ass and night. You can give the guy a little bit of Mountain Dew and he gets all antsy in his pantsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, no, it, it's it's a rough ride. Uh, in fact, <laughs> same, same like possible lady friend. I'm going like, hey, we should go two up on the bike. I think you'd really enjoy it. Oh, oh. I think you. But did really, you? I think you'd really. Did it tickle your it. fancy? <laughs> it's it's vibrating for her pleasure. Um, it, it's it's. I was thinking about this on the actually coming back from when I saw you with the Tuono. I was thinking about this, and it's like it, it's right on that borderline of rickety ass shit. <laughs> And ooh, that's character. Because it's it 
so here's what it is is the motor the motor is rough it's that same thing where like it literally pulls itself almost over on its side when you start it up it's that same thing with the motor when you're you're just going along like it clunks along there's like just two badgers in there like chasing a ball (laughs) like i don't know what they're doing and then the motor once it gets over 3000 rpms it really starts vibrating. You feel it all the way through the chassis. Mirrors are shaking. And, and it just gets to that level where you're like, holy fuck, this would be horrible to deal with on a regular basis. And then it just kind of comes back down. Huh. And the upside is you can cruise at 70 at 2000 RPMs or so. Is it a six speed? Six speed. Oh, wow. Um, So it's like the vibrations aren't really an issue when you're just cruising. It's just kind of when you're really getting on the gas and really revving it out, which huh. there's really no reason to like, once you get to 3000 RPM, you're basically at peak torque anyways. <laughs> I just shift. So yeah, that's like kind of like a shift light. So it's like, it's not like a huge issue, but it's, it's, I don't want to make any like qualms about the fact this bike does shake itself. You come to a stop at a light and let the, go the handlebars are wagging, dude. And it's they, amazing. They just shake back and forth because <laughs> the thing's just trying to rattle bolts. All like I, I can only imagine how much blue Loctite that, that's on this motorcycle. Just everything, everything's got to be welded into place. That's why it's all metal. You had to weld it into place. <laughs> Plastic would have cracked by day three. So there's there's that. Um, the seating position. I, I I thought about you actually when I, when I was trying to figure out like what the seating position like because it is it is squatty potty. It is. That's how you describe. Totally it. Totally is squatty potty. My I, I feel like my knees are up on my chin and I'm just dropping, dropping. Deuces. So do you think they're gonna have like an engine guard that you can put a set of like highway pegs on so you can stretch your legs out on it? <laughs> Maybe because a bike like that and and a say like a, a Honda Goldwing, your previous long term test, you're stuck in one position. And it's just sort of a very like standard esque, but with the BMW because it has these wide handlebars, you're just kind of squatty pottying because you're pulled forward the, a little. The thing with the BMW that I wouldn't tell Honda, at least not when I had the bike. The beautiful <laughs> part about that is you put the fucker in cruise control, and right. you get back in the passenger seat with the backrest, chill, and you just chill. And you just let that fucker just just track on down the highway. No big deal. I fully expect you to buy a Goldwing at some point in life. I like that Goldwing. Uh, I know you do. Um. I think I would get the Goldwing, not the Goldwing Tour, so I don't have that. You don't want the extra trunk? The actual the, usable trunk? The, the useless trunk? Yeah. No, the trunk no. is more useful than the stupid bags on the side that you can't even fit. I would rather be able to have oranges that flat in. space where I can put a giant cardboard box with Coda Kitty in it. Oh, man. A big, like, a big, like, a soda box? Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. I would, I have, I have a, like, 80 gallon bag or something I could just lash onto the back of that. SW Motec probably has something for that thing. Be way more practical. <laughs> um, but that's kind of okay. We'll, we'll get to that analogy because there, there is parts of the R18 that remind me of the Goldwing, and I want to get to that. So remind oh. me. Um, things I hate. Things I hate. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the bed. <laughs> it shakes. <laughs> I don't know who designed this fuel tank. <laughs> like, they just should just be dragged out into the street and shot. Wait, wait, like the actual shape of it or just the fuel capacity? The whole thing about it. Um, <laughs> I literally had to put a thing up on Instagram to be like, "Hey, does anybody know how to take the the fuel cap off this bad boy?" Oh, that's right, I remember this. And my my buddy Nick DeSena, uh, who's now at Rider Magazine, uh, he calls me. I was like, "Oh yeah, man, hey, this is what you got to do." And like, literally spent like five minutes on the phone with me while I was trying to figure <laughs> it out. And it just comes down to like, it's got like the you just gotta you just gotta break it basically. How long is it supposed to last before it falls I apart? I don't know. That's, uh, you sit there and you're just like. Did you not seen how other... You know why? Because the thing shakes and rattles so much, they have to have a perfect seal. Huh? I mean, we can go down to SeaWorld and find probably a better seal than this thing. Oh, I see what you did there. 
Um, it, it's just one of those things where you're just like, man, this is just a really weird fuel design thing. And then, I mean, that would almost get a pass because it's like, what, you're complaining about a fuel cap. Like, that's like the stupidest thing to complain about. I mean, it's a thing you have to deal with every couple of days. It, it's kind of a petty thing, though. All right. But, I guess you get used to it. Whatever. But once you get the little fucker off and you're like, all right, now I'm going to fill her up. There is no clearance for a fuel nozzle to go into the fuel tank. The bottom of the fuel tank is maybe like I'm going to so say splash back as soon as it starts. I'm going to say it's an inch, but it's probably more like half an inch from the bottom of the neck of the fuel. Floor. Oh, shit. So you like you can't get like a nozzle anywhere into the fuel tank to fill it up. So you're just basically filling it up while gas is flying out <laughs> at the same time at you. Safety glasses. You can't look in to see how much you're filling. Like you're just you're going to overflow. It's going to spray everywhere. And you're just like, have you, did you guys not fill the tank up while you were testing? It was like, who, who was so like, the this fuel, is a good idea. The cap is in the middle, not on the side. It's in the middle. That's the issue. And so, so one thing backbone, Harley does right. There's is on the side. The backbone of the, of the frame is probably right there. And that's what they're butting up against. Right. Um, which makes, you know, that's why you see a lot of those style tanks that have it on the side. It makes right. perfect sense. So that's kind of weird. And then you're like, okay, cool. Like now I'm, I, I've, I spent, you know, an hour getting the fuel cap off. Uh, I'm drenched in gasoline now after I filled up the tank and I'm ready to go for a ride. And I'm like a hundred and, you know, I don't know, 80 miles down the road. I still haven't gotten um, to the end of the tank because I'm actually, I, I need to do this to, to just see. Pretty the, impressive range. Well, I just going to, like, I don't know what the range is yet because I haven't gone through the trip yet. But what I suspect is going to happen is I'm going to run out of gas while I'm on, on the road. Huh? And then I'm going to reach down. And flip the little lever to put it into oh, yeah. the reserve tank. It's why? Why it has the? Le- I remember seeing that. Is the <laughs> I lever for seen real? One of those in thirty years, Shaheen. I thought it was like a throwback lever to it being like the first edition R. I don't know sixty. And but it's fuel injected. So you gotta understand when you get these bikes, you don't usually get like a manual. And in this case, where it's literally just a motorcycle transport guy dropping the bike off my house, I don't get to like <laughs> talk to, to him. Good luck. Yeah, I don't get to and talk to an employee about <laughs> any of it. So I'm just kind of like, you're on your own, asshole. Stop making poop jokes. Never. And it's, and so I'm sitting there like, it's got a manual switch for the reserve tank. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's like, I don't, it's not a bad thing per se. It's just a weird thing to see on a model year 2020 bike because they haven't made bikes like that in forever. So it's just, that's a weird little thing. I think my biggest gripe, truthfully, though, is the bike is so low. And I think that's part of the reason why. Uh, the seating position so weird. And then the handlebars, the handlebars are really long reach. The handlebars are too far of a reach and my knees are, are too far up into my neck. Huh. Uh, so the ergonomics are just a little bizarre. It's, it's heavy. And so it makes like really low speed turning and maneuvering really hard. <laughs> the the contrast to that is it is a really low seat height, which means people with short legs are going to have a really easy time. Yeah, you just walk over the backside and sit on it. I can fit a watermelon underneath me while i get on the seat don't <laughs> a, ask me why i know that a big not not like a personal watermelon like, like a, a proper real, real yeah. watermelon um i mean how else how else are you gonna get your watermelon home from the store this is a fair question um so it's just it's a little it's a little weird there's some stuff about it like the cruiser stuff they did pretty good the basic motorcycle stuff I'm, uh, i don't know i don't know about it. it's like Maybe if this was the first motorcycle you ever made. Do you think Do you think these are maybe things that they'll work through since this is sort of the first edition and they're... I mean, how do you make the buzziness of the engine go away? I guess different engine mounts, different handlebar mounts. 
you could put like some sort of counterbalancer shaft thing. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to like kind of redesign that motor to do it. Right. Um, Did you ever figure see, out I, how to turn off traction control? Can't turn it off. You just can't. Period. I've been through that whole menu. Come system. on, BMW. You so, made an 1800cc twin, and we can't do a burnout. I'm just saying. I will say, and I don't know if it's the tires or just the bike's got the bike's got a lot of torque. It is so easy to break that really <clears> loose. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know if I'd want to turn it traction. The the funny thing is with the <laughs> throttle maps, it's rain mode, which has been great lately since it's raining. Uh huh. And then the other two maps are rock and roll. So, w- um, <laughs> which one is which? Rock is like like the sportier mode, and roll is best described as lazy Harley. It's like, hey, I turned the throttle 180 degrees around the uh, the grip. And now the bike's finally moving forward. Like it is just, it's like a rubber band. It's like a gentle whoosh. I, I did roll mode for like a mile and I was like, this is dumb. Can I handle? I wouldn't even use it on the highway. Like that's what it's designed for. I mean, you kind of get it rock and roll. Rolls right. like the easy, like highway terrain. You got a passenger maybe. I wouldn't even use it. And it's so disconnected. It's so weird. I, I couldn't handle it. The rock huh. mode's fine. Right. Um I mean, it's not like a high-strung motor. It's not like you need to take no. it off of that. No. Um, it's just funny because it's just, it's actually, from like a features point of view, kind of rudimentary. Right. Um, it's, just, it's just so weird. Like I noticed the other night, it's like got the cornering, the cornering lights, which are, which are, you know, that's pretty fancy shit for, for motorcycles. And like, okay, that's clever. But then you give me this dash that. It's it's an analog speed gauge and then like like a really, really basic L C D screen below it. Right. Or inside it, I should say. That gives you like either your trip or your your like tachometer. Your tachometer is a digital one. I'm like, that thing's useless because it's so slow to to show you what you're doing. Right. And you're just sitting there like, man, for a twenty thousand dollar bike, this is really rudimentary. And I get that they're trying to go for like a, a heritage look and like, you know. A big LCD dash isn't what you're going to do there. Uh, or TFT dash, I should say. But you're just kind of like, this could have been better. You could have done this a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, a little bit more sophisticated. It just feels a little cheap is what I'm trying to say. Right. Same with the brakes. Like, the front brakes are really weak. Uh, the rear brake's fine. Uh, it's got a big disc back there. It's got a big disc. I actually feel like you get more braking power out of the rear than you do the front. Huh. Um. So there's some like, but that's like, that's like every cruiser on the market right now. So it's like, yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're literally gonna, describing every large cruiser yeah, I've ever ridden. So like, what am I really arguing about here? It, it's, it, if I had to get back to it, I'd give it a B plus Shane. It's a good, it's a good bike. It's fun to ride. And that's where I come back to. It reminds me of that golden. Cause there's something about a bike that's got a lot of torque and the weights really down low and you've got a really good kind of upright seating position. Right. That's just fun to get around town. Like I have fun riding it around town. It has some serious deficiencies that would drive me bonkers. But like like the basic concept is good. I actually kind of like the quirkiness. That's why I say like the motor's kind of got some character cuz I like the quirkiness of it. Right. You know, it doesn't the S1000RR vibrates so bad that it's distracting. <laughs> you know the S1000XR it's like I can't go on the freeway with that like my hands fell fall asleep this is like oh it's like it reminds you that you, that it's there and that's that's kind of okay and I feel like once you have a custom exhaust put on it and do all that stuff it'll probably it's it's shockingly quiet it's very quiet yeah I think a custom exhaust that must be so loud like a proper I mean, exhaust there's gotta be a way because I know like the other um uh, you know, f- 
opposed twin BMWs, they actually sound really good when you put a decent exhaust on them. Yeah. They can be kind of throaty, beefy sounding. So I'm hoping somebody will make an exhaust that'll still keep the aesthetic, but give you a better sound. Um, cause it is, you know, even when you look at a stock Harley or an Indian, they sound pretty good stock. You can tell they did, they did a little bit of work to at least give it some kind of sound. This thing doesn't really, first time you fired it up, it was, uh, you know, I thought in my head, well, it could, it could probably be a little more, but from the sounds of it, it's not really lacking in character when you're riding it. You're definitely having a good time on there. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about it? It's definitely not motor. I mean, it's so big. Yeah. And it looks big. Like, like it's even the first thing you notice. Even when you're on it, you notice how big it is because it's wider than your legs. And you're like, that's weird. Um, but it is it is fun. It's got a lot of torque. You don't have to rev it very much. It's got a little bit of character. Um, you feel it in the handlebars. It, like I, I, Every time I stop at a stoplight and I look at those handlebars shaking, I'm like, those it's just too bad. You're just chasing a ball on there. <laughs> they just... They just- <laughs> it's the you best know, thing it's ever. Just so like, like <laughs> I it, love it's it like, a lot. It, it makes me shake my head because I'm just like, ugh, this fucking thing. But it's also like, it's like the thing I hate the most and the thing I like the most, which which is super, you know, bizarre to say. <laughs> the thing about it though, Shaheen, this is and this is, I think, one of the rarest things I've had on a test bike lately. Um, I've gotten so many people that stop and look and ask about it. Like random dudes, like people, I'm not even sure the motorcycle people are like, oh, wow, what's that? That's cool. What is that? Oh, that's new BMW. Some people know what it is. Right. A lot of people don't. Like, oh, I, I had to do a double take. I thought that was like a 1930s bike for a second. They're like, BMW got the styling right. Yeah. They, they did that heritage look thing. They got that right. And I get stopped every time I go on that bike. Someone it's just stops you, me man. And it's talks not me the about bike. It. People want to know about that superhero with that vest on the outside of their jacket. Yeah, something like that. It's it's such a good looking bike. I really for if I was gonna buy a cruiser today, that would be on the very top of my list, like a strict, you know, laid back chill cruiser. Because up until I saw this bike in person, the one that I would have chosen in that styling is the Harley um, Softail Slim. Yeah, like to me, that's the quintessential cruiser, old school looking cruiser. It's yeah, it's hard for me because it's so outside anything I would ever buy for myself. Like I, that's like that's almost why I'm like surprised like they sent me one. I'm just like, I'm, really? I'm impressed you gave it a B plus for someone. I mean that's not your thing at all. I mean like it's it's just it, I I think the reason it scores so well because it's it's enjoyable to ride. It's one of those things like I've been kind of itching the last few days. I'm like I gotta get on that thing and go ride. I gotta <laughs> go. I'm gonna go put a hundred miles on it today. I'm just gonna <laughs> like for no reason. I'm just like I've made so many excuses. We had burritos before the show, by the way. For, for our listeners that don't understand what's where this is going. Really but I've been over on your side of the town so many times. I'm just like, I'm just going to ride the bike over. I know, you literally uh, stop. I'm like, oh, Jensen came to say hi. What are you doing? I'm going to go get some burritos. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, Actually. literally, I'm just like a little burrito run. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to go up Skyline. I'm going to go do like, you know, a hundred mile ride. And I come back down and get a burrito. <laughs> and because of the way my legs are when I'm riding, it makes like a little <laughs> nest between the tank. I asked you if you had put, a backpack. And you said, no, yeah, it just fits right here. I can just put it in a bag. Just put the bag right in between my legs. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Then I stop at a plaid pantry on the way home and I grab a Mountain Dew and I put that right next to it. <laughs> and I can just, the Mountain Dew is really tough to balance. The burrito is a piece of cake. I was going to ask, how do you do the Mountain Dew? Where it, is it, which? Thank God it's like, I don't know, 100 feet to my house because I'm always on the verge of dropping that. <laughs> um, well, luckily you can't really lean the thing over too far when you turn. You, so Well, you can't. And that's that's the other part. Like, definitely, like, if there's one thing I really hate about the bike, 
it's the right height. Um, I have literally almost torn the foot peg off. Not just like, oh, hey, I grounded it. I legitimately thought I tore the peg off. The bike's so so heavy. It's not like the bike lifts. It just rips the foot peg off. off. Um, Those things are just afterthoughts. Like it's, it needs to be like three inches higher so you can lean however many more degrees. But it won't look cool. It's supposed to be low and slow, man. So then you can move the legs back down so I don't have them like up in my throat. It just needs a little bit more leg room and it needs a little bit more height off the ground. Like it's the only motorcycle I've ever had where I've legitimately worried about bottoming out on kind of incline slopes right. into into parking lots and stuff. That's the one that's the one sort of uh I don't even want to call it a downside of a bike, but a lot of times when people buy cruisers, they want to have their feet forward. It's just like that classic cruiser yeah. style. You cannot do that on that bike. Nope. No, it's got, the it's got a ton of real estate so taken there. by the motor. Yeah. Um, so I'm very, I'll be very curious to see your thoughts on it. Maybe bopping the microphone here. Boop. Um, maybe next podcast we can, we can, we can do a little. Yeah. I'm excited now that I won't be in a weird ass cast on my foot. Yeah. I want to ride this thing. It's good though. Like, yeah. B plus. I feel good with that. Like it's annoying how low it is and like the, the angles, there's some stupid things with like, just like detail stuff. I think if I had a longer handlebar that that came further back, uh, so when I'm at full lock or like at a pretty extreme turning radius, reach way over to grab it. I literally have to lean forward. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I literally have to lean forward to make it happen. Otherwise, I'd I'd lose contact. Um, the clutch and the brake suck at this price point. I expect more. Do you think you expect more because you're of the mindset that at this price point from a company like BMW, you're expecting that higher echelon of braking <laughs> and suspension? I said, uh, I said this in the next bike we're going to talk about. In first class, the champagne's always free. So when you get to this level, there's certain expectations on what you're getting. Right. And like, I get it. Like, yeah, I'm not going to get a Brembo RCS radial master cylinder. Although, frankly, I should. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. You know, like if I'm paying $20,000 for a motorcycle, why don't I get the $300 I, master cylinder? I propose we go to a Harley dealership locally and borrow what I think is it's equal, which is the slim. Yeah. And just kind of have a side-by-side. Just ride them for an hour or so and just do a little side-by-side and see how similar they are. Yeah. Because I feel like price point, they're pretty close. Styling, they're pretty close. I think the only other offering that's of that style in particular is like Triumph Bobber, maybe? Um, That's a much smaller bike, though. Indian Chieftain's kind of up that neck of the woods, but not really. I mean, it... It sets itself apart. There, it, it's very much that 1940s yeah, it's a throwback, yeah. thing, and there's no other brand that can do that authentically. And so, like, I, I like that. I like that part of it. Um, that's not uh, a particular time and place that resonates well with me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> different strokes, different folks. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some good bones there. There's just like, there's just some things that are like, oh, really? Like I got to deal with that. That that kind of holds it down. That's why it's not an A. Right. If I had to, if I had to get into it, I don't even know what a Jensen score. Uh, I guess the reason I'm saying, you know, Actually, you know, Jensen the comparison be pretty good now that I think about it because yeah, everything really, else, everything else in the category is just kind of like this too. Where it's right. just like, oh yeah, shitty, shitty components, expensive price tag, looks like it's eighty years old. Yeah. It's hard. It's a hard category to judge. It's a super. It's it's such a. I mean, if you look at the bike that's in the garage right now, it doesn't 
serve any real purpose aside from emotional you know gratification it sort of looks a certain way rides a certain way makes a certain sound does certain things that makes you go oh yeah that's what a classic a neoclassic bike should be like i guess yeah so i feel like for what it is it's probably really good for what we expect eh, not so much yeah i would just there's just like little motorcycle things that that's why i say like the b plus is as a motorcycle i mean b plus as a motorcycle is pretty damn good there's just some basic failures though as a motorcycle that it fails like the gas tank thing i just like yeah that's just dumb. you guys never put gas in it like i don't understand what's going on here right um so yeah yeah it's interesting um the more and more i ride it the more and more i i enjoy it so there's there's a little little fudginess in the number there i think i think like a week or two ago when i first got it probably would have been like a b b minus <laughs> i don't know b Who knows? B. maybe by next week a minus no you don't think so? i think we're topped out you've you've oh you've, you've reached the ceiling we've counted all the votes <laughs> all the mail-ins are, are accounted for we've tallied them we've certified them i think it's a b plus what does this cat laying on its back think oh man she's just in she's in the zone she's been over by the fire i got the fireplace on because it's cold and rainy she's been over there just just cooking up her tootsies and now she's just full passed out full passed out on her back i want to pet her belly really bad but that shit hurts she's you probably get one pet she's so she's living her best life lately um so shaheen not to brag or anything but um i got to go down to santa barbara recently and do that you did you got to see all those nice red roofs Oh, yeah. Santa Barbara style of architecture is beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I love it. You got to see all the nice, a lot of good curvy roads around Santa Barbara. Uh, one of my favorite roads to ride in the United States is Highway 33 outside of, oh, yeah. um, technically it's outside of Ojai, but I think of it outside of Santa Barbara. And basically. Um, I used to live in Santa Barbara, went to college out there. So we could do 192 to 150 to 33, and then that drops you, you know, in Lockwood Valley, which has a lot of options. Or you could just turn around and come back and have a perfectly good you know, half day ride as well. What'd you get to ride, Jensen? I got to ride the Aprilia RS six sixty. And they they got the name wrong. What is it what should it be called? Sex kitten. Sex kitten. Um I, what I should do I should do marketing for Aprilia because I think I could sell some units with a name I like that. I would buy Sex Kitten motorcycle. We mean you don't want to ride the sex kitten. Sex kitten could be for a guy or a girl. It's perfect. Is it really no, per, I, I thought you had a couple of points. No, so let's let's do we'll do it the same as we did with the R18. The things I don't like first. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, actually, go ahead. I'm gonna ask a question. I'm gonna ask later. Okay, okay. So, to be fair, to be fair, we were on pre-production bikes. Oh, and with COVID and all the craziness, like we're just lucky bikes were there for us to ride. Um, this model's late to the U.S. because of. Italy basically being locked down for three months. Right. Uh, and all the other bullshit that comes along with it. So really was very upfront. Like, Hey, you guys are getting on pre-production models. Um, they have some issues. The, the fueling's not quite right. We've got ABS lights that just blink for no reason. Like there, <laughs> there, there's some stuff here. You're going to notice it. So just, just heads up. Everything's fine. That's cool. At least they give you a little asterisk. Guys back in the factory are working on it. We're, we're pretty confident when they come out, you know, for for production. Uh, I think production bikes are going to show up uh, January-ish, late, late December, early January. You know, we're pretty confident. It's going to be all ironed out. But just wanted you to have a heads up. You are like, okay. And I've, I mean, truthfully, a lot of 
press launches are done on pre-production bikes. Um, there's different levels of pre-production and every manufacturer is a little different. Right. There's usually like two or three, usually at least three levels of pre-production. And like that last one in software, we would call it the GM, the gold master. Huh. That's the one that's like, this one's done. This is the one you're going to copy onto the disc. It's like ready. It's, it's like the production version, but like the shade of red on the logo is like one shade off or something. <laughs> like it's like Bob just, you know, did a quickie on it. Um, so it's kind of like that usually. And sometimes that's a lot of times that's fine. A couple of times I think it's caught some manufacturers out. Um, I can think of one manufacturer where they routed the throttle cable wrong on the bike I was on. So when you made right hand turns, it was like you were giving the bike more gas. Oh, geez. So sometimes like. It's like the first, it's literally like the, the guys in the assembly line. That's the first time they built that bike. Like the bike I was on was VIN number two. Oh. Okay. So it's the second one they made. VIN number one is still back in Italy. Huh. So this is like the first bike to get to the US technically. And I should say we had what we had five, five of these bikes. Mine was the only one that had some serious issues beyond just the ABS light flashing. I had a hard time starting hot. I mean, like this, it would crank for like 10 seconds before oh, it boy. would turn over. I mean, it was really obvious, really bad. Did you get to switch at all or you, that was the one you were stuck with all day? We were supposed to switch. And we just didn't. Um, I really wanted to get on one of the purple ones. I got on a black one. So we could talk about that. Wait, uh, there's a purple option? <laughs> there's a, what was that purple bull door livery? Yeah, I, I like what, that. I forget what they call it. It's like, uh, oh, they got a special name for it. That was and like, then there's the-, the acid gold, which is like Ooh. a yellow green. You know, I like me some gold. And then there's the classic Aprilia Black. Um, so my problem with my bike, hard starting. The biggest issue, though, is twice the bike just kind of turned off. Oh. And both those times I was doing triple digits. So that was Pucker Factor 10. Oh, we shouldn't say Pucker Factor 10. It's like Pucker Factor 5. It's just still, that's a that's suboptimal. An, uh-oh moment. Suboptimal. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where, like, you know, like... <sighs> I think if it hadn't shut off and hadn't had so many issues starting up and had like, like the check engine line kept coming on, it wouldn't clear. Cause that was the thing. They're like, Oh, the lights always clear when you turn them off. I'm like my mm, lights, not always <laughs> my lights never cleared. <laughs> like, There's a lot of things that are wrong here. Um, especially if it's turning itself off. And then like, once it turns off, like the quick shifter stops working when you turn it back on and like the speedometer stopped working and like, you're just in there going like, I got to like, pull over completely take the key out turn it back on to reset it completely to reset it completely and thank god it started working again um and it's one of the things where, like you know what guys like i can't really be a journalist if i don't talk about that right because you just gave me this bike to review i can only review the bike that's in front of me and i had some pretty serious flaws like my my bigger issue would be someone buys one of these bikes in january it still has this issue and they go man jensen said this bike was rad and it's not. And a lot of these bikes have this issue. Um, like that's that to me is an unacceptable thing. And there's been some bikes in the market that have been like that. The, the one that immediately comes to mind, the MV Augusta F3 when it came out, the fueling was so bad, it was not rideable. And you can be like, and MV is like, oh, well, we're going to obviously fix that before it gets to you know, production. Right. Turns out they didn't. Didn't you have a similar issue with the FTR 1200? FTR, yeah, the FTR told me a great example of, I mean, that's a great example of a of a manufacturer then denying that they have an issue, even though internally they know they have an issue, and they're just basically trying to blow smoke up your ass. Huh. So that's that's the hard part where you have like a company that 
you know, in MV, you have a company that has an issue, acknowledges they have an issue, and it's like, oh, we're totally going to get that done in time. Right. And then you have another grand like Indian, and it's like, what are you talking about? We've never heard of that You're before. the issue. We only have like 20,000 documented cases of it, but whatever. And then like, you know, they send you another bike. Do I think Aprilia is going to sort this out before the bikes show up? I do. Yeah, their bikes run pretty well usually. Am I willing to give them the benefit of the doubt in the review? I am not. Ah. And that's where I differ from, say, some of my colleagues. And you can go and read the views, the reviews on the Aprilia R660. Some people mention these issues. Some people don't. Some people make a bigger deal out of it than I do. Actually, no one made a bigger, bigger deal out of it than I did. Some people make a lesser deal out of it than I did. And that's fine, too. 20% of those reviews were, were done on this bike. So that was obviously uh, not something that Aprilia was super stoked about. Uh, I was going to say Shahina. The, the cool thing is I got to go do the street ride. I'm going to get a chance to go ride the bike on the track, which is what I'm really interested in. Where's that at? Well, because of this review and what I said, that may not be happening. <laughs> so Listen, do not let this be a reason this thing doesn't come out next week. <laughs> people people uh, are expecting it. Uh, so that's kind of a bum deal. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. Like, I, you know, Perlis like, hey, why would we put you on a bike? We know that's not perfect. Like the next time we get you on a bike, we want it to be perfect. Right. And we don't know. Like they're like, we have a, an update coming. It's supposed to get there before the track date you're supposed to be on. But we just, we can't guarantee it. So we'll, 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 we'll see. Uh, I don't think I'll make any friends saying this, but I think that yeah. there is a difference between getting a bunch of uh, influencers somewhere to f- do a fluff piece and actual journalists who are going to dissect the thing as it's supposed to be dissected to talk about the good, bad, and evil. Mm. Okay, okay. Let's talk about the the good. Okay, yeah, because that's because I'm I'm I am personally very excited about this, this bike. Is, this is the funny thing. Just just say my piece a little bit. That that portion that we just talked about right there was like the last like section of my review. Right. The other like five six of the review is just fucking awesome. And I, I'm it was really funny to see how many people latched onto the last part. Oh, of course. Than the first part. So that's uh, why I'm switching it around. I want to do the bad yeah. first and then the good. On the bright side, I guess that means everyone's reading to the end of the review. That was good. But but don't let this sway you. And this is, if I had to like like have a follow up like word, don't let that last section sway you on this bike because this bike is fucking rad. And that's why I'm like I'm pretty confident that it probably is going to sort their shit out. Right. Pretty confident. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I've seen other brands not make good on those promises. But I have a pretty good feeling about this because it's not super critical issues. Well, I mean, it is, but it's it's stuff they're going to figure out. And part of the reason they're having a tough time is they've switched over to a Magnelli Morelli ECU and they're just having a little bit of growing pains with it. But this bike, Shaheen, is rad. Um, hard to say, like, the 100 horsepower is obviously a crank figure. You would expect about 85 horsepower at the wheel. Uh, I did a buck 34 with room to go on sixth gear. And I mean, that's indicated. So who knows how that really, how fast that really is. But like my Kramer only gets up to like 130 on a good day. Huh. You know? So you're sitting there going like this bike is it's fast. It's not, it's definitely got its power at the top end of the rev range, but it's not peaky. How many, how many RPMs were you going up to? You think Uh Redline's around 12, I believe. That's pretty impressive. I gotta look it up. I've ridden I've ridden too many bikes since we've done this that I get a little squirrely. I gavolt the problems you have. I know, right? Where does it say this? Where are these things? I want to say it's just under twelve. I want to say it's like eleven seven, eleven five. That kind of sounds right. That sounds right in my head. Yeah, here we go. Here's the here's the thing. Yeah, about eleven five. 
Um, seven thousand up is is your is your power band. In reality, it's like eight thousand up. Huh. You got a pretty good. That's the thing. It's got a the power is at the top end of the rev range. It's not peaky. You've got a pretty wide little playing field to work with. Uh, and it actually kind of tapers off towards the end, which I thought was weird. So it's really hard to know when you've hit kind of red line. Right. Um, because it's a soft, it's a very soft red line uh, because of that. I'm sure it's got an, a an programmable red line light or it something. Does. It yeah. does. Stock. And that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of things about the bike stock that are really good. It's got a quick shifter. It's got wheelie control. It's got traction control. Wow. Um, corning ABS. And the corning, like, you can't turn the ABS off. But you can, there, the intervention level is so low that you can do an endo on it if you want. Wow. So there's some like pretty clever things that are going on there. Um, and for the price tag, it's, it's, it's quite good. The what is the price tag? In the US, it is 11.3. Are they going to do like different stages of this bike? Like a mm, R in a factory or know, whatever? That'll be interesting to see. Um, the thing is, like, this is the funny thing, like, like looking at the racing scene and like what's going on, like Moto America paddocks losing their mind right now. The middleweight twins class at Moto America is going to be an Aprilia uh, spec class next year, yeah, because everyone's going to switch to this. Uh, I think it's great, but like out of the box, it's going to wreck some shit. And then if Aprilia comes out with say like an S spec or right. a factory spec, right, that has forged aluminum wheels, fully adjustable, let's say Olin suspension, you know the uh, Stylema, Brembo calipers, like you know, they, <laughs> right. put the, they put they put the fancy shit put some on tasty it. Tasty shit on this thing. Put some tasty shit on it. It is gonna fucking wreck super sport classes. Any class that has like a very stock spec uh, baseline for the rulebook, no chance. It's gonna wreck shit. It's gonna wreck shit as it is now. So I can only imagine what an up spec version is gonna look like, where it has the components that you're not allowed to change. So that's pretty cool. Um, the thing with this thing, the thing with this bike that's really interesting for me is the sitting position. One of the things they talked about was their goal was to have something that was in between a Kawasaki Ninja 650 okay. and a Yamaha YZFR6. Wow. And I think they n- hit the nail on the head there. Like it's it's sporty enough that it's it's a sport bike. It's a full fairing sport bike. But it, it's upright enough and comfy enough. Like we did we did 160 miles. It took us like 4 or 5 hours. Uh, saddle time you know doing photos and stuff i was tired at the end of the day but i wasn't like i wasn't wrecked you weren't r6 beat yeah it wasn't like i had to sit in the shower and like get knots out of my neck and arms and legs or anything like that like i was like yeah that's pretty comfy i could i could i could do that again uh it's a surprisingly comfortable motorcycle um and that's what's like there's a couple things that are just kind of like it would be a really it's a really good street bike you want a sport bike for the street it's really good at that Hmm. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge to turn into a race bike because some of the cost-cutting corners they did, um, for example, the handlebars are a single piece with the top of the triple clamp. That's all one piece. So if you want to lower the bars, you have to replace the top of the triple clamp. It's just no way around it. Sounds uh, like an interesting cost-cutting measure, I guess. It's just it's an easy way. You forge one piece and you put right. two bars in it. It's just you probably save a hundred bucks a unit doing that. Um, the rear sets, not that I think you really need to change the rear sets around, but if you did, you're going to have to pull the swing arm pivot bolt out, which connects the, goes through the rear set, then the swing arm 
and then the engine itself and then right back out the other side that's like like changing rear sets is going to be like a half day job for most mechanics do you think it would need it was there do you do you i mean you haven't done a track ride i guess on there but do you feel like there would be a a clearance a height clearance issue i don't think so i think the clip-on's the bigger issue um i mean i'm this is like the hard part of being like a motorcycle journal sometimes because you're just like i just ride it i just (laughs) go and ride just go and ride it um i think the foot pegs though are pretty sporty the legs felt pretty sporty the arms did not huh so that's where it's like yeah it's comfortable to ride around on because you know i get to have my body up and i can not in like a full tuck it is kind of hard to scoot your ass back to actually get into a full tuck like i feel like I feel like the bike's like six, seven size, <laughs> you know, like it's just like oddly just like, it's just a little on the small side for someone like me. Like I have a very long torso, but like you can see it in some of the photos from the review, like the panning shots. Like I felt like my head was in front of the windscreen. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just too close and cramped in there that I would need to be able to scoot my ass back more to get down. Sounds like something they did to kind of make the reach of the handlebar not too long. So you could be comfortable on longer yeah, rides. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but a lot of little clever pieces, the way they're doing the rear seat to make it, um, you put a, like, so it's got like a little, like, how do you describe this? You know, on the RSV4, you take like the cowling off and it's like literally like a landing strip. Yeah. Just a a tiny little thing to put a seat on. Right. Okay. So there's that and you can take that off and you put, you can replace it with a proper size seat. And then on underneath the seat is a mounting platform that you can put like a top box or like a milk crate or whatever you wanted. And you know, it's just little things like that. I'm like, oh, that's a really clever design. That makes it really practical for the street. Well, also, you got to remember the plan is to have different variations of this of this chassis, isn't there? Well, that's the thing. So that's why like, it's really a hard bike to categorize because it really exists in a class full of naked bikes. Right. It's a full fairing. Uh, when the Tuono version comes out, which I think we'll see summer 2021 maybe. Oh, it's not that far out from now. You know, that's the crazy oh. thing. I think it'll be before this time next year. When is this bike supposed to be out? Uh, late December, early January. Oh, it's just right around the corner. Right around the corner. Um, And then, so I think we'll see the Tuono, and then I think we'll see the Turek 660 uh, early 2022. That, that bike's going yeah. to be something that I think a lot of people are going to flock towards. Yes. Yes, especially that. Um, the, the tough part with this, with the Aprilia, and this is where I've been going back and forth on, um, because if you'd asked me, you know, like two months ago, best sport bike for the dollar, KTM 790. Yep. That's your, that's your Jensen score of 100. It's a 100. That's, that's going to be my baseline. It's really hard to score the Aprilia against the 790. Why? I was, I, I actually was thinking that they're in the same line. I mean, the engine's smaller, but the horsepower-wise, they're pretty close. That's the thing. Price-wise, they're pretty close. That's the thing. The, the price, and that's the hard part. The price is really close. That's when, like, the, the true comparison would be the Tuono, and I think that's where Correct. shit gets interesting. But let's just go with the RS660 for a second. The thing that I really like about the or the KTM, one, it's cheaper. Um, it's it's 800 bucks cheaper or whatever. With the asterisk that we don't know if there's a 790 Duke next year. There's a lot of indications that the 790 Duke's going away. By the 890? And we'll have an 890, and that's going to have an appropriate price adjustment. Huh. So there's a little bit of like caveat of we don't know that yet, but it's expected. The 790's cheaper. The 790 motor 
is better. It makes more power. It has way more torque. It's 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 way more mid range uh, than than the six sixty, which is more higher rev range. Right. Um, that was one of the things I noticed with the. Do you 660. think it's a gearing issue or a motor thing? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I guess displacement is. I think the six sixty could benefit from a couple more teeth in the rear. Like just about every motorcycle. I bet the Tuono will would. have that. Um, but I do think that motor just, just to get that, how the horsepower, like that, that's a very easy thing to look at the spec sheet and to see what the compression ratio is on the engine to see the, uh, piston size is the same, uh, bore as the RSV four, uh, 1100 factory, I should say. Um, this is a motor that is making horsepower through engine revolutions, not through combustion chamber pressure. It's spinning to make horsepower, so right. it's it's gonna have not a lot of torque down. Less was, torquey, more peaky. Yeah, and that was one of the things you're coming out of it, and like around town, like it's not gutless, but it's not like, you know, really throwing your head back. And that's where I think the KTM does a good job. The KTM kind of throws your throws your head back. It's a very meaty motor down the mid range. It's got a lot of torque down low. Right. It kind of tapers off at the top, whereas the RS660 just keeps building. I like the 790 motor more. It also has more displacement, so it's just it's just gonna be it's always gonna be a torquier motor, more horsepower motor. That's where the KTM has the advantage: price and motor. The Aprilia is better everywhere else. Better chassis, better brakes, better suspension, better electronics, better styling, better fit and finish. Everything about it's better quality components. Sounds like a better package altogether. So, if you were going to really score them that way. Yeah, like if you're going to get like really fair, like if I was going to take a KTM 790 Duke and do the things to it that I would want to do to kind of like, like I would have to replace the brake package on the Duke because I fucking hate those J1s so right. much. And the tires it comes with are total garbage. So, you know, like right there, I'm like 300 bucks in tires and probably at least 400 bucks in brakes. Um, we'll have to see like if you have to replace the calipers. Fuck. By the time you do all that, you're kind of at the price tag of the RS660, and then you're kind of like, well, I think the RS660 looks better, and it's got a full fairing, and you know if you're into the fairing design, right. and that's why, like I say, it's really tough. Like if I was going to score on a Jensen score, it's going to be like a hundred. It's going to be right there with the KTM. They just have trade offs in very different places, and like which one's better. Well, it kind of depends what you're looking for. I think when the Tuono comes out, I think the Tuono will have better value. It'll have a little bit more torque. Right. It'll be a little bit cheaper. It'll have a lot of the same components. That might actually edge itself a little bit above the KTM, I think, in, in, in some ways. I'm kind of reserved judgment to see it because there's going to have to be trade-offs made there. But, um, yeah. Who knows really by that time we might see a, a replacement by the 890 and which puts well, it in a whole different category altogether. That's that the thing. Like by the time it becomes an 890, now it's a 900 CC twin. Right. Now it's, you know, it's not 10,300 or 10,400 or whatever it is. It's going to be 11,000 and change. It's going to be probably just as expensive as a 660. And it really does become a different motorcycle. It's like, I mean, if they don't come out with a base model, if they just leave it as they are, I think that's a $13,000 bike off the top of my head. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a different category. It's totally a different category at that point. Um, the cool thing is, is like in this space, in this twin cylinder kind of middleweight, hundred horsepower ish, seventy to hundred horsepower range, let's say, 
there's a lot of bikes. Right. You know, we, we just saw a new MT-07 come out. Well, it's updated. The FZ09, the MT-09, I should say, is in this space in a way. It just got revised. Uh, Triumph just came out with the Trident 660, which is a triple 660. Um, that's very interesting. And it's like $8,000. Um, there's rumors of a Kawasaki update. There's rumors of an SV650 parallel twin, uh, from Suzuki. There's a lot of really like CBR650F, CBR650R are kind of in this space. That's a four cylinder. Like there's a weird kind of conglomeration of motorcycles that kind of fill this area. That's really like, it can get really tough to like try and cover it all at the same time. Like, well, like, I kind of like, you know, one person say like, I don't, I don't understand this bike because why wouldn't you just buy an MT-07? And like, well, because not everyone wants an MT-07 for right. starters. Like they look like they're fucking insectoids from the planet, <laughs> you know, arachnoid. But, you know, like it's a budget bike. It's got budget components. It doesn't have nearly the features this bike does. Some people want a more premium experience. Some people want nice brakes, nice wheels, nice tires, etc. Um. The only thing I really, really wish this bike had was forged aluminum wheels because I would like a little bit more roll rate. I feel like you could probably get that for okay price nowadays. Yeah, you could pick some up for like two grand. I still wouldn't be surprised if Aprilia, I, I wonder if they'll do it, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if they do a factory version that is going to have the full adjustable suspension and the lighter weight wheels and just throw a, you know, 3000 premium on it. Even if it's just for race mollegation. Right. We're going to make 500 of them or whatever. That would be a pretty bitchin' bike. I mean, you and I have been talking about the, you know, the positives of having a hundred, about a hundred horsepower lightweight bike that you can just go and ride the wheels off of. It is a lot more accessible. I will say, you get on the bike, you you throw it around in between your legs. It feels so light. 400 pounds at the curb. I believe it. Um, Really good chance. We'll see a spec racing class in Italy with it. Really good chance we could see a factory works option from Ooh, Aprilia Racing. Cool. So this is one of the cool things that Aprilia does is they have their factory works in Nawali. It's like these are the same people that work on the MotoGP bike and when the World Superbike program was going on, you know, that as well. You can buy factory prepped race bikes from them. And they have like a couple models that are like are at set prices and points that are like, this is our super stock spec. This is our super bike spec. This is our like MotoGP spec. But it, it is kind of made to order. And there's a very strong indication that they will start doing that with the 660. So for racers out there, I don't think it'll be ready in time for the 2021 season. But there is that opportunity of like, you could get a full factory prepped, you know, super stock or super bike legal version of the 660 for reasonable money. You know, it's race bike money. It's going to be, you know, probably $13,000 and up, but reasonable money for what you're getting. That's not bad at all. It's kind of cool. I like that idea. I love that they do that. It's it's kind of an underrated thing that Aprilia does, but it's super rad. Huh. And I know a couple of people that have gotten factory works bikes, and you look at them like, that's a fucking race bike. Uh. That's a fucking race bike straight from the factory. I mean, you look at a Kramer like what you have downstairs. It's the closest thing on the market to a Kramer. You know, that idea of like you can buy from a manufacturer a purpose-built race bike. Yeah. Granted, like the frame and the engine weren't, well, I guess the KTM motor's not made with racing in mind but the frame is it's not necessarily the case with the aprilia but same level of detail setup race ecu you know not homologated for street use no headlights like the wiring harness is chopped down to the bare essentials 
Yeah. That actually sounds like an amazing value, especially, you know, knowing that it's going to have a class of its own at some point soon. It's going to be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm really excited for this bike to get on the track. I'm really excited to see it without the deficiencies that I listed before. Like, there's there's some really good shit here. I mean, it. I think it's worth noting once again, right? I don't think people should or will make up their mind on whether they're going to buy it or not on this first test. This was a pre-production vehicle that even you are thinking pretty highly of the chances of it becoming more or less perfect when it comes out. Yeah. We can, we can all hope, right? And we, we've seen what Aprilia has done on their recent bikes and they're doing a pretty good job with them. So I think, I think that your hope is not misplaced on this. I don't think it's, yeah, we'll see. Um, the issues I had would make me reluctant to buy like one of the very first ones. I, I mean, I told her this, give me a bike. That's, that's production. Give me a bike that you say is perfect. Let me ride it. If right. it is, I'll write that story. And if it is that way, then I have probably like zero qualms about recommending this bike to someone. But until I see a perfect bike, it'd be really hard to recommend. Yeah. It's going to be a wait and see. Yeah. We think it's going to be exactly. good, but wait and see. Wait and see. Um, so, I guess the we'll see. We'll wait and see. We shall see what happens. Uh, we're an hour into the show. I guess we should just wrap it up, Shaheen, and, and just go on our, our merry way. Hell no. Fuck no. We got <laughs> shit to talk about. Are you... What? Man, I'm uh, bottle you. you had like Christmas Day today. Well, in all honesty, I had Christmas Day on Monday. Oh, shit. It's two days ahead of y'all. We were talking before the show. Like, I think you know more about this bike than I do, Shaheen. Because you got to preview it and see it and talk to people. I mean, everybody at the dealership already calls me the Multistrada guy, so I may as well know a little bit about this thing I'm super stoked about. Tell me about it, sir. Still don't know a whole lot, and but man, Ducati, props to Ducati for being so tight-lipped. Was that the habanero coming back at you? That was, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> that was the fizzy, bubbly water you gave me. Um <laughs> Ducati did a really good job of not talking too much about this bike at all, you know, minus a couple of things that were leaked out here and there to the point where even, you know, our regional sales managers were, you know, I think they were sworn by way of death to secrecy. Nothing was revealed about it, not a thing. And then, you know, we had to sign NDAs and stuff, but they sort of put out everything today. You can now go on Ducati.com and build one. Doing it right now. So first things first. Let's talk about how you lost the bet. Well, first of all, talk about what we're talking about. <clears throat> all right. We're talking about the 2021 Multistrada V4. This is Ducati. Ducati. Prepare to get proper crunk. All right. If you haven't poured your drink, go ahead and open your beer, pour your whiskey, whatever your whatever you're, you like to drink, put it out there. We're going to talk about Ducati, Ducati, Ducati. That's three drinks. Um, so the 2021 Multistrada V4 has been... Sort of like the big news in the Ducati world because, the, well, they've gone to a V4. And above and beyond that, not just a V4, but they're taking away the Desmodronic valves on that thing. They're taking away everything. Well, not everything. A couple of key things like Desmodronic valves, your your um, most people's beloved trellis frame. Yeah, I was going to say, let me let me argue with you for a second. Because this is, this is a story I'm going to write when you leave. If you had written down on a piece of paper the things that make a Ducati special right. five years ago. Right. Yeah, maybe 10 years. Yeah, you got to go farther back. Let's go a little bit farther back. <laughs> Trellis frame. Right. Dry clutch. Desmodromic valves. Right. 90 degree 
L-twin engine. Oh, L-twin. Single-sided swing arm. Right. Avant-garde design. I mean, they still got that. It's still pretty. I would argue Ducati's design department has been phoning it in for a while now. Beautiful bikes, but they all look alike. Like the oh, I mean, that's the that's the. Hold on, you gotta remember who owns Ducati now. It's a little little company yeah. known as Volkswagen. The Germans. The Germans owns them now. I mean, realistically, the I think Ducati's, Ducati's underneath Lamborghini, but. Lamborghini is owned by Audi, who's owned by Volkswagen. If you go to any auto show, when they pull out the entire lineup of new cars, they all look the same. It's just like a slightly larger, shorter, taller, fatter, wider, whatever. But it's more or less the same. And so I think that's sort of the company identity uh, coming out and saying, hey, this is what the thing's supposed to look like. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Ducati is working really hard to have a specific style because i remember back 15 years ago they really only had a handful of models and now they've kind of reached out and they have all these different things and they need to have a style that kind of speaks and says ducati right so whatever a lot of major companies are doing that remember the kawasaki's all looked the same at one point your ninja was a ninja was a ninja um but that said yes they've taken away trellis frame well not totally because it's got the rear subframes trellis I know, see, I know. He's making you the can't see the hand. You can't motion see the I'm hand motion, here. but it's it's in a fist I'm and it's going up and some, down. I'm churning some butter over He's here. Churning some butter. Um, two mice falling to without <laughs> a butter. One mouse gives up, drowns. The other mouse, he swims so hard, he turns that cream into butter and crawls out. Hey, <laughs> that's that's like the worst. Uh, was that was that Jensen Walker? Yes, yeah, Jensen Walker. <laughs> Christopher that's the, Joseph. That's the, that's the worst. <laughs> like, who come at the root here? <laughs> la, la, la. Uh, <laughs> he did a job. So I think if the thing you most people realized by episode forty-one that Jensen can't do impersonations. He did a bunch just now. You know, Christopher Walken clears daylight. There was definitely Kermit the Frog. I thought I heard. I thought Schwarzenegger was sitting next to me. It's, it's uncanny, really. It is. I started looking for the predator. <laughs> I was like, "Where is he?" If I hear clicking noises, I'm running away. They drew first. <laughs> That's Rambo. That's well, that was Rambo. Yeah, you went. You went to <laughs> Sylvester. How's it going, man? All right, back to the multi Come Sorry. back to me, Jensen. Come back to me. Sorry. All right. Apologies. So V4, no trellis frame, dual sided swing arm. Uh, what was your other wet gripe? Wet, but that's been happening forever now. Ducati yeah, I'm just saying, man. Here's here's the best way that it was put to me. Ducati, and and I agree with it. I I, I was talking to one of my coworkers. No Desmodronic valves. No Desmodronic valves, and I'm actually kind of happy about that here. All right, so my coworker said this so poetically. I'm gonna botch it up, but I'll say more or less the Cliff's Note version of what he said. Ducati has been known to do the best version of what's out far as technology at the time. So. They'll take what's available and try to do the best version of it to give their clients and their customers the, you know, the, the Ducati experience. Yes, 10, 15 years ago, the Ducati experience included a steel trellis frame, a dry clutch, a 90-degree L-twin, desmodronic valves, which are still sort of a prevalent thing on most of the bikes that are on the lineup. Personally, as somebody who rides eleven to 12,000 miles a year, I don't really want desmodronic valves on my bike. It's always been my one and only gripe with Ducati. Really cool to have on my race bike, but I don't need that on my daily touring motorcycle. I don't need to have that crazy valve adjustment interval that comes along with it, even though now it's at like 18,000 RPM or uh, miles rather. So if you're on a race bike and you're on red line all day long, 
Totally. I think it's one of the coolest things ever. You're never going to have valve float. The thing can just get beat up all day and it works really, really well and the engine does the thing. But now that they've gone away from it on this bike, a lot of, no, not a lot, but some people are up in arms about the idea of this crazy change, this crazy takeoff from the original Ducati creed of, you know, trellis frame, desmondronic valve, single-sided swing arm. Ducati actually did a thing that, in my opinion, was interesting. They they listened to the people like myself who ride the crap out of these bikes and said, all right, what are the things you want to see change? Well, I want to be able to ride it longer. Well, I want it to be more comfortable. Well, I want it to be more reliable. I want it to, you know, be able to get a take a beating if I go off-road with it. And for once in the bikes and that particular model's history, it is really, truly a multi-strata. It can handle multiple different streets, multiple different roads, whether it's paved or not, or, you know, going off-road or whatever. You and I had a bit about pricing. Uh, I think you're <laughs> over there building one right now. <laughs> so backwards right now. <laughs> um, so basically it's going to, it's going to be a, they're saying 60,000 kilometer valve check interval. Yes. Which, which is like 37,000. 30, yeah. 37,300. I think on the, on today's little thing, they pre it up and they just turned it to 36,000. Easier number to look at. Easy number. It's twice of what it used to be. Um, the thing that really surprised me a lot is that the bike only comes currently with a, you know, what I'm, what I'm used to calling the Enduro, uh, wheels, which is the 19 inch front wheel and 17 inch rear wheel that wears a 170 mil rear tire. Um, most people are used to Multistrada coming with 17 inch wheels so they could have sort of a sport touring tire. But now that particular, uh, wheel setup that I just mentioned, the 1917 setup, is so prevalent in these large enduro touring motorcycles, your KTM 1290S, your BMW R1250 GS, the current Ducati Multistrada Enduro slash V4, uh, and a couple of other ones. That that seems to be there is a lot of tire options there, so you can get a nice sort of sticky sporty touring tire and a really, really gnarly knobby tire. Um, it's going to have a lot of cool technology. Apparently, it's going to have... Uh, front and rear facing radars, which will have, um, radar controlled cruise control and <laughs> I blind could, spot. I could just care less about it. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> they put that up and I a lot of us just kind of looked at less. it and we were like, all right, I guess that's a thing. Is that going to be a thing in all motorcycles in the future? That feels Maybe? like such a thing that like Bosch came along was like, Hey, you want to like use our corner and ABS and our traction control and our other shit? You got to buy the radar package too. But good news. It's an option. Is it? Yeah. Because like, I mean, you're the way they pitched it on the thing today. It absolutely looks like it's an option. Right. I'm on the configurator right now and I can't for the life of me get rid of it. Because I think they're only releasing a handful of the handful of styles to the U.S. market currently. So this is like, this is like when BMW is like, hey. You can buy uh you can buy a GS for like fifteen grand. Can you? But then the second like you go like to BMW's configurator, it automatically puts a package or two on it right. that you can't get rid of. <clears> you gotta it get these, the US like package. That, where it's right. just like uh you can Yeah, because if you're on the configurator your configurator and you're looking at the V4S, it automatically says travel, travel and radar and radar. Yeah. And so travel is one of the packages which gives you the the bags, the bags, the center stand, the heated grips, yeah, and then the radar is the radar, the aforementioned radar, the yeah. front and back system. I thought it was going to be way more money with that setup. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair. and this is why I, I I concede the point 
Okay. That I owe you burgers. Woo! I was wrong. My name is Jensen Beeler. I was wrong. Oh my god. I I apologize to the universe for my wrongness. Oh my god, oh my god. Because even with this bullshit that I can't seem to get rid of, it's twenty five thousand, which is way less than I thought it was right? going to be. I thought with the I spot when they started saying that the radar was a package. That's when I started sweating bullets about the hamburgers. I was like, <laughs> oh well, son of a bitch, this yeah, guy's going to want to eat three thousand dollar radar. Things an option, then sure Shaheen's going to be right. But even with it on, it's twenty four. It says it twenty four eight nine five. Yeah, for the gray one and twenty four six nine five for the yeah. red one. So it's like okay, like I thought for sure with all that bullshit on it would be at least three grand. I, now, I was ready to come here with my tail tucked between my legs about that. I can make a twenty nine thousand dollar bike on this pretty easily. Oh yeah, uh, yeah you without, can hit the, without even trying. No, it's got what there's. So like I the, think the, there's three options available on it right now. I think by the time you get to the full, which is what they're calling the bike with all the things, right. that's a thirty thousand dollar bike. Damn near, because the full is the sport option, which is the exhaust and the yeah. carbon fiber front fender. Yeah, uh, exhaust looks like a homologated Akrapovich thing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, what's the other option? You've got like an enduro option. I there's think that enduro, adds like the travel and the radar and the sport Yeah, and the full is all of it. Everything put together. Yeah. And at that point, but you know, it's interesting because on the current motorcycles, if you want to add any, like the indoor option or the urban option or the sport option, they cost about the same. Yeah. So the current bike that I think most mimics mm-hmm. that is the Multistrada 1260 enduro S touring. A lot of words. Um, but that one is the 17, 1917 inch wheel, larger fuel tank, but it comes with a bag, center stand, heated grips. And that one is also 24,000, like 495. So it only went up essentially 200 bucks. Yeah. I got to sit down and look at it. That's it's crazy. Too dude. much going on there. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy about the price. I, I just saw the U S pricing, like literally while we were doing the show, cause you were saying it at dinner. Um, I had been told we weren't going to see U.S. pricing for a little while. And, I, I and was, we, I, I was, I didn't think I was going to see it till tomorrow. So I was like, oh, we're just going to speculate some more tonight. Yeah, and to be fair, like I don't think all the pricing is on the website, is it? I can look. Um, but I did see the European pricing, and I was comparing it to, um, the Street Fighter European pricing. And I was right. like, oh fuck, like yeah, this is going to be like twenty three, twenty four in the U.S. Um, sure enough, yeah. See, they're still not listing price on the website. So you kind of have to fake it. Yeah, you have to go build it to see the you have price. To go build it. Um, that's interesting. So, but I was like, seeing that, I was like, oh, that is going to be priced pretty well. Yeah. It is going to be kind of interesting. Um, I, I don't hate the way the bike looks. I, I mean, it's I've, definitely. I mean, that that segment is a weird looking bike. I'm never going to say my no, bike's like, one of I'm the best at, looking bikes. I'm on the look planet. at this photo here. Like, I'm I'm totally fine with the right? way it looks. My biggest complaint is the same complaint that I had with the Panigale V4 when it came out. Where it's like, you have this opportunity of a V4 engine, this crack in time, this new generation of machine right. to really make something different. And you decided not to. Instead of taking a chance and doing something kind of crazy and cool, you took the conservative route. And that conservative route took you to a perfectly acceptable design for a motorcycle. It just kind of looks like the old one. Which was also a perfectly acceptable design for a motorcycle. But it didn't like take off anywhere. Yeah, like <clears throat> I, I get like the whole especially with Ducati where we did the nine 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 and people freaked the fuck out. <laughs> right. And it was a whole thing. And we had to make like the ten ninety eight to bring you back. And They're triggered about that. You can't go off the rails little, too much, like, Jensen. Triggered about it. But what I loved was when the Panigale, when the eleven ninety nine came out. A markedly different design. Right. Looked very much like a Ducati. Looked very much like a Superbike. You could see the evolution of the product in, in its design, but 
very unique and very stylish. Yeah. And then the V4 came along and it's just like, oh, it's like the same thing. And that's my only real issue. Where I was like, I was going to try and get excited about this. In the in the words of like, uh, in the words of one of my favorite uh, movies, The Birdcage, uh, <laughs> as the son is giving him the news of he's about to marry uh, his 18-year-old friend and he's chugging the glass of wine. He goes, he seems upset, but let me tell you why. <laughs> so, but let me tell you why. All right, tell me why. As somebody that works in retail, here's what I've learned. People do not like drastic change. People in our shoes, you and I talking right here, we love that kind of stuff. We love that change. We want something that'll like make us go, oh, fuck yeah, something totally different, finally, right? But in the, the truth is, if you want to buy, if you want to make a motorcycle, that's going to be what they call a conquest bike, because this is, this is essentially Ducati's real foray into a conquest bike against the BMW, the king of the hill in that segment. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't just stray off the, you know, the path immediately in design and go, look, but we've made it with, like flying carpet in the back so that when you want to go over this here bump, it just flies over it for you. It's got to sort of fit a comfortable style where somebody from maybe the other brand looks at it and goes, oh, okay, that looks like something I would consider because it's it's it makes sense. As soon as you go kind of crazy, people, I'll never, ever forget for as long as I live when Harley Davidson went to the Project Rushmore bikes. People lost their shit, man. We've talked about it here on the That's air before. Fair. That's totally fair. And so- from someone that works in retail, anytime a company does something super wild and crazy, we're always sitting back and go like, okay, let's see what happens. Because now that they've gone from a twin to a four, from a full trellis to just a rear subframe trellis. No, well, now to, it's, a, it's a monocoque frame, which is, right, I think, kind of cool. Full-on monocoque. It's lighter. It's going to take up less space. Hmm? It's going to be probably more comfortable to ride around on. By the way, Ducati has finally offered heated seats for those of you who've been asking. Front and back. The thing, two points. Okay. One of my favorite quotes. So, been doing this job 12 years, almost to the day. In that time frame, the favorite thing that has ever been told to me was talking to Pierre Terrebalanche about the 999. <laughs> and he goes, you know, I may have just underestimated how conservative motorcyclists are. Because it because that is the case. Because the, the 999... It's it's aging like a fine wine. Oh man! You know, the like, more you look I at look that at bike it, the more now, and you're like, "That's a that's kind of a good looking bike." It's, truthfully, it's my favorite ass on any motorcycle. It's come full circle. We have people coming to the shop nowadays asking, "Hey, do you guys ever have those for sale?" Nah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're day late about 15 years late, bud. Um, but at the time, I mean, pitchforks at dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 he was absolutely right, and it was a really insightful comment, and it was kind of a little bit of like. Um, uh, bittersweet kind of recognition, but it's always stuck with me. And I think you're right. Like you kind of have to boil a frog a little bit with yeah. people. Um, you know, and I've said that, you know, in, in other industries and other jobs where it's like, you know, um, you're doing design work and stuff. It's like, okay, let's make small incremental changes over time rather than punctuated changes, you know, every year or two because right. then it's like oh i just changed that button oh i just changed that header now i just changed that font you know like everything else is the same it's yeah, just, you do you do you it just, small enough no one really it's not that people don't notice yeah. it just doesn't you're boiling does, the frog yeah it doesn't hurt their feelings that doesn't much realize the border the water's boiling around until yeah. it's too late uh and that's and that's kind of fair like i don't disagree with it it's that's a totally 
sound and logical explanation. It's very rational. The rational side of me totally gets it. I'm a rational human being. Right. Some would say soulless. That's probably fair too. Let's just move <laughs> on. But there is a part of me that has like that kind of artist temperament. That's mm-hmm. like, you know what though? And I was thinking about this, this today, Shane, because you and I both have Ducatis. I take my street fighter out and I show up at a bike night or whatever. Yeah, anywhere. People don't go, oh, dude, sweet trellis frame, bro. Right. Yeah. No one notices that. <laughs> Maybe someone makes a mention about like a single sided swing arm. That's, Somebody will be like, that's oh, not as big of a deal now as it used to be. Is that, is that, is that a dry clutch with that click, click, click? They might make, they, they might make a thing about the dry they clutch. Do. They They're do. definitely going to make a thing about the sound of the V twin engine. Right. But I've never been like, yeah, bro, Street Fighter 1098. Desmodromic valve. Yeah, bro. When I rev the what's shit out up? of the motor, I don't get what's called valve float. Do you, what's up? Do you see that? That Desmo. That's like that's <laughs> fucking Desmo, bro. Like that's you, some that's some forum jibber you know? jabber. You know, it's something it, it, for people to remember what we talked about earlier. The oil and tire <laughs> talk. Oil and tires. People gotta have something to talk about, man. Something to something to bite at, something to snap at. The truth of the matter is, well, it's not even I don't know if it's the truth. It's a speculative on my part. I, I speculate that this motorcycle is going to be the next I would call it an evolution, just the next version of the last one, right? It's it's gonna be a little bit lighter, a little more approachable. Like the seat height. Remember you and I talked about seat height issues on bikes mm-hmm. like this? Ducati is now claiming that you can go as low as so the last eight ten. 810 millimeter and as high as 875 which is hold on let me do this for you i got you i got you boo give me some that's math that's a 31.8 inch seat height which is a little a little tall but that's not bad uh that's 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 not bad that's damn near two inches lower than my seat right now that's not bad and then as high as 875 no, no, so no, if you're no, super no. tall with a little that's nice that's a proper size adventure yeah. bike the current uh, model is eight i believe 30 day 50 the 1260, oh, I'm thinking of ground clearance, never mind. Yeah, you're right. Um, just to finish my point, though, I, the thing that that gets me, or the thing that, like, the reason I bought my Street Fighter, the thing that stops people in their tracks when I'm riding it, just like it is with the R18, is right. the styling. Oh, yeah. And you look at the people come up and be like, wow, that bike's rad. That bike looks so cool. With the, A lot of times, I wouldn't say a lot of times, but on a couple of occasions, I've had people come up like, Whoa, what was that? What was that before you customized it? And I'm like, understand, I have like almost a bone stock Street Fighter. It's got like a slip on exhaust. You got the exhaust, it makes the, it makes the noise. Uh, I got a little bit of the, the clutch plates and stuff, but it is the design. I, I think of Ducati as a design first company. Right. And it doesn't really feel like they are anymore. And that's my only real gripe. The bikes are still beautiful, but. They're not pushing the industry forward anymore. And truthfully, I think the brand that is doing that the most is MV Augusta. And that's where I'm actually really worried about MV Augusta. Man, they're selling so many bikes. Well, they have their own problems, (laughs) right? Yeah, of course. But one of the things like I would give, I think Adrian Morton is the most talented designer in the industry right now. And I think the reason MV Augusta is relevant at all is because of him. And I'm very curious to see how they're going to move forward without him. I mean, yep. he's still doing some consulting work and stuff, and he's kind of around. But you know, I feel like that was like the thing. Like you look at an MV, like you pick almost any MV that's been on the market in the last decade, and it's like fuck. Like the ones that you're gonna get like poopy about are like the Rivale, and you're still like, well, there's still some things about the Rivale that I really, really like. Right, still looks pretty striking. Be the prettiest bike in their lineup, but it's prettier than like ninety percent of the shit that's on the market. It's prettier than a monster in my mind. 
not a not a fan of the monster just to be just to be fully blunt so that's gonna be a tough that's an easy part to beat <laughs> but you know that's the only thing where i kind of get like you know i just wish like i want to see one bike come out from ducati that's just like holy fuck and maybe the street fighter is that bike where it's like there is nothing else there they got a clean slate right it has enough elements that it's like i look at that i look at my 1098 i can see that they share a chromosome or two it makes me happy that's the only bike that i've really seen from them that's like yeah okay I get what you guys are doing. I feel like Ducati's, um, you know, most recent mantra is probably something along the lines of passion and rationality, where it used to just be passion. And now they're trying to have rationality on there because, well, frankly, they're trying to sell more motorcycles. They're trying to be more relevant. When you're trying to take a bite out of BMW and the adventuring side, um, it says something. I think that's a statement. You're not just trying to be yeah. straight up, you know, wild, crazy Ducati making passionate, neat motorcycles. You're trying to make it where it's very passionate because it's still a Ducati and it makes kind of the noise and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's a rational decision. You're going to buy one and say, I'm going to ride this thing. I'm going to be able to do this stuff with it. Like they make such a big deal out of the new valve adjustment interval and the multistrada to be one and a half times the <laughs> circumference of the earth. Yeah. So it means you can ride this bike all the way around the earth once and then go one more half trip before you have to do any sort of val- valve adjustment. That's a curve flies. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like at the end of the day, do I care that it's not Demosodromic? No. Do I care that it's a V4? Not really. In terms of it not being a V20. Right. Do I care that it doesn't have a trellis frame? No. Do I care that it doesn't have a single side swing arm? I kind of care about that. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to do a 17 inch version and put the single side okay. on there. That's where I want to get to. You. Right. That's where this is. This is. Hmm, this is where I have thoughts. If I could only have one motorcycle in the world, what you, would it be? Well, it used to be the KTM 1290S. Which is what? It's, 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 a, it's an ADV bike. It's with an ADV Adventure Touring bike, right? With a 19-inch front wheel. Yep. So there's a part of me that's like, this is this is the new king of if I could only have one motorcycle. Because I look at this, it's prettier than the KTM. Right. It has better features than the KTM. Um, Going to... Unless they totally fucked it up, it's gonna be just as right to ride. Right, uh, like this. This bodes really well, and it's pretty fucking cheap, and it's got a lot of fucking features on it. And I don't know why. Don't know why I'm cursing so much. You're fucking I'm passionate getting, about getting, this fucking getting, thing. Fucking passionate Fuck. about the fucking motorcycles. <laughs> so I'm like, that's pretty fucking rad. But I'm a man of of means and exquisite taste. I literally sat down the other day and was like. Okay, if I could have seven motorcycles, how would I do it? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, this bike wouldn't fit into that paradigm. What I really, really want, Shaheen, is a long travel suspension Street Fighter with maybe a little bit more fairing. I want a 17-inch version, street shredding, sport touring, whatever. And I, so I want to know your thoughts of just having a 19-inch front wheel, just kind of having like this one bike that does it all, right. jack of all trades, right. instead of diversifying a little bit how do you feel about that or do you have some insight on so, why so this I, is okay because i already have a jack of all trades motorcycle I, the rational side of me says i will always have that kind of motorcycle in my life because it allows me to do the things that kind of you know turn my wheels right I, I like going on longer rides i like being able to get off the beaten path i like going and check out stuff but you said something that that triggered me in the best way possible my hope and my dream i hope to god someone from ducati is listening my hope and my dream, actually, I'm going to talk to them later anyways because I know their <laughs> phone number, <laughs> is that they will take a Street Fighter and then turn it into a Street Fighter GT as another yes. option. Because 
same same idea. When I play that game, seven bikes in my garage, one of the bikes I would put in my garage, KTM twelve ninety Super Duke GT. Hundred percent. That's what I want. I don't I've want a it. fucking crazy spy on spy, crazy fairing you don't like that bullshit weird thing with the. I can get into it. I mean, I, I like it. When you're on it, you don't see the nose. Nah, you just feel the power and the lightness. It, and everything else about it's rad. Everything about that bike is rad. If Ducati did this and if Aprilia did this, they essentially made a Street Fighter and a Tuono GT. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. The 41-year-old sitting next to you here would buy one already, tomorrow. Already made a down payment in my yep. mind. I'm so fucked. 100%. That's what that, like, this is what's hard sometimes. This is a hard thing as a journalist to, to understand sometimes is you don't get to see the whole map. Right. You don't get to see the whole plan. All we see is today. Right. We don't know what 2021's reveals look like we don't know if there's a mid-summer yeah, we can't even give the benefit of doubt to a motorcycle company that's saying hey something's coming out yeah this whole we're, <laughs> we're, we're gonna have an update <laughs> we're gonna fix this 10 mm-hmm, sure you are days and you put the review out and yeah, you whatever. killed us i'll believe you when i see it um by the way 660 r660 in the u.s sold out so whatever god damn it really yeah uh broke that story two and a half years ago you're welcome um Ta-da. Sign up for A&R Pro. <laughs> did daddy get a taste <laughs> by the way um shout out to the at least three people who sign up for anr pro if with the intention of jensen you have to make this a weekly show they called you out on instagram and on email and they on did. text i think there was a smoke uh signal happening earlier i gotta let me get let me get their name so we can so we can get a shout i'll shout, I'll shout them out at the end of the show oh hell yeah um i just closed my laptop and i gotta open it back up but where was i going with it i totally lost my train of thought <sighs> Shout out to the three people who signed no, no, up. No, 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 before that. Or oh, Multistrada. Multistrada? Oh, we were talking about we were talking about the the oh, multi. Oh, oh, you only get to see just oh, yeah. where we are in this point in time. Right. And so that can be hard, like because you can sit there and be like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> a 19 inch front wheel? Like, how are you gonna are you gonna go off road with it? How are you gonna where's my 17 inch? There could be a 17 inch, there could be a Street Fighter version. There could be a completely new bike that comes out for next year that's the Ducati. I don't know enough Italian to make up a name off the top of my head. <laughs> Jensen Macaroni. Ooh, I like the Ducati Jensen Macaroni. The, the fast cannoli. You know, like that 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 does fit that <laughs> that does fit that niche a little bit better. And there could be like well, I've talked to Claudio about like, hey, you need to make an like a true, true adventure bike, 21 inch front wheel. That could be the next model that comes out, Shaheen. We don't know because could we be. don't have the full picture, which is super frustrating sometimes. But it for me right now, it's really hard to be like multi-strata with a 19 inch front wheel. Yeah, it probably wouldn't suck. But what I really want is a pair of 17s. I totally get it. I understand yeah. the the I sharp handling of a of a 17 versus a 19. I you there. Uh, but I I just I mean, I remember before I put tractor tires on my bike <laughs> when I had just the regular pearly scorpions back that were on there. The Dude, I could put a knee on the ground on that bike. Yeah. So Clearly, the 17-inch wheels can handle it, especially if you go with the cast option, if you don't want to get the heavy steelies that I like on mine, the the, the spoke wheels. Um, but no, I'm with you. I think, I, I hope, I hope that we've said this so many times, I feel like you just keep saying it and it'll, it'll. What what's, there's a saying for it, like you just keep saying a thing until it happens. It is uh, written. This is the way. This is the way it is written. Mandalorian season two. Oh, man. First episode was good. Hold on, don't don't derail me. Make 
the fucking Street Fighter GT Street and Fighter the Tuono GT. Just give it a little slightly bigger fairing, some little cute little saddlebags in this back, a little bit bigger subframe so it can handle extra weight. Make it weigh around, I don't know, 430 pounds, 450 pounds. Same horsepower. That would be amazing. That would be a hell of a bike. Give it, guys. Ducati, listen to me. Put a fucking fuel fuel gauge on it. I'm tired of hearing from people saying, my only problem with a street fire doesn't have a fuel gauge on it. I know. Mine too. Just fucking put one on there. That's all I got. I concur. <laughs> I concur. Are you trying to find the name of the people who signed up? Yeah, I got them. Nice. Uh, are we done? Are we done talking about multi? I think so. I'm. I'm just. Oh, you know believe, what? No, I'm gonna answer. I, I want to answer one question that was asked several times on the interwebs. Oh, I got one of those too. Will Shaheen buy one? Oh, fuck yeah! You're you're getting like number one, aren't you? I'm gonna get number one. I want to ride that thing. Well, duh. We'll see if we go. Ooh, can can I talk about a thing I'm gonna do in about 18 days? You're gonna come there. Yeah. We're uh, gonna I, do a fun I, adventure day. I don't know what you're doing here. Are huh? you doing the Enduro track day? Yeah. Yes. Talk about that. That's Dude. Cool. I'm d- all right. All right. So, so. I mean, maybe Motocross should buy some fucking ads. I don't know. Okay. Might as well. I don't know what fucking, <coughs> fucking doing around here. I'm going to give you a fucking call we'll goddamn talk about podcast. We'll talk about some bi- ads. I'm going to take care of creamers. I don't know what they're going to do. Daddy gets a taste. I know. I know. No, this is not even a plug. This is a thing. Like we, we're, <laughs> we're always like talking about, we're always plug. talking about like you know yeah. getting more engagement from I like people. This, idea. this is a this is a good idea that everyone else should. should copy. This is if you're a dealership and you're listening, just please hear me out here. Engage your customers. <laughs> I'm 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 I have a hard time Listen. empathizing with but a dealership that I talk to, and it's like engage the customers. the customers don't talk to us. What do you do to engage them? Fucking engage them. Do stuff. Have fun with them. You're that not just selling. Expensive. It's supposed to be three months' salary. Uh, yeah, it is expensive to have one. <laughs> but like just it's it's it costs more money to not engage the customer you already have their attention you're already talking with them you're already selling motor motorcycle don't let the the um honeymoon phase be so fucking short where you b- sell the motorcycle and they're out and you forget about them like do fun shit so in this instance you know we get to do track days during the quote-unquote on season so in the off season my uh my badass uh content creator slash you know creative dude at monocorsa taylor came up with the tagline fuck the weather the whole idea is get the right gear you've got the right bike already go out and ride like especially in the pacific northwest we just get rain we don't really get fucked that badly with the weather so it's just rain so we're gonna call it adventure season we're gonna go out to washougal motocross park and like do an adventure 101 class and let people learn from this amazing badass rider jocelyn snow how to handle an adventure bike. If you don't know who Jocelyn is. Related uh, to Jon Snow? Huh? Uh, unlike Jon Snow, Jocelyn knows a thing or two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's what you did there. Hey. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Jocelyn is a, I'm probably going to botch this up, but she's a BMW uh, trophy rider. She's amazing. I think she's like five foot two. And she rides a BMW R1250 GS Adventure. So a fucking mountain of a motorcycle ridden by this tiny human being. And like, if you go on Instagram and find her at Jocelyn Snow, it's Jocelyn with an I, by the way, not a Y. Um, uh, you'll see, you'll see videos of her. Is she going to have safeties for these guns she's rocking? Right? She's badass, man. I'm, a, I'm already physically intimidated. You ought to be. She's, a, she picks up R1250 GSAs like they're nothing. That's why she's got the gun show. She is a gun show central. It's not a light bike. It is not a light bike. 
so she's going to be out there teaching a lot of people how to ride motorcycles. Uh, my, my hope is that by her being there, it'll put away the intimidation factor and you can see this amazing human being doing cool stuff and learn from her. Just interrupt you. I'm literally looking at a photo of her standing next to an R1200 GS. I think it's taller and than the her. fucking windscreen is almost taller than she is <laughs> with the helmet on. <laughs> Dude, she's so incredible. If you're around Portland, you want to join us uh, November 22nd. Um, come I don't play. think I'm here. Oh, what? It's a Sunday before Thanksgiving, Jensen. Uh, nope. I mean, well, huh? funny enough. I'll put a Brap Talk sticker and your if face Aprilia on it. If Aprilia continues with our planned track day and I don't get booted off of it, like it seems like I am, I will be here. Okay. I hope you go do a track day, but I hope you're here. I don't know how this works. Yeah. I'll put your face. Do we have a sticker? Can we have a sticker of your face I can put on my helmet? Like a little one. Take your face. Take your face off. <laughs> um, that's never had a grown man ask me for. All right, I'm gonna do before. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have someone do a vinyl sticker cut out of you with the rap talk faces, just like goofy smile of ours. <gasps> rap talk brought to you by Jensen and Shaheen. Bum bum bum. Was that NBC? I don't know what that is. That is, yeah. That's uh, cool. Um, so that idea doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> but no i like this idea i think having like a, an adventure bike track day is basically what it is yeah it's cool and i'm probably gonna and do like, like a little three or four of those a year now yeah if you have a little bit of instruction and skills building um what was it the dre the, D- the ducati rider experience uh-huh. like they have like kind of like an obstacle course thing that they <laughs> know, do it was kind of a glamping fun yeah, thing riff, riff on that yeah it could be fun I'm plus we have it. like washugo motocross park right here right it's not that far it's 45 minutes from portland i want to see someone fucking send it uh i want to see jocelyn send it to be honest i'll be like here's the key to my bike go just go fucking clear some doubles you're a far better rider than i am let me see what you do with this thing <laughs> what could go wrong <laughs> i gotta probably fix the suspension sooner or later so go do the thing <laughs> if it's sprung for you it's gonna be fine for her right <laughs> I'm, i think i'm literally twice your size what else you got got the honda trail 125 launch coming up uh that's what i was worried that was a conflict that's gonna be down in the san diego area ah um that's a cool bike uh it's the same platform as the Honda Grom and the Super Cub and the Monkey, uh, that 125 uh, single cylinder. Honda's making uh, money with those three-quarter bikes. They are selling a giant shit ton of them worldwide. Um, but the fun part is is that was the first motorcycle I ever rode was the Trail 110. Huh. Uh, 1970 You're moving up something. in the world. You went from the 110 to the 125. Yeah, so it's kind of full circle. It's a bike that, you know, I think it was fun that those kind of mini moto segment is interesting i just saw that they they updated the honda grom for for next year and it's gonna have a five-speed gearbox and a little bit more power so um it's interesting to see that little space they've sold something ridiculous I, i've closed the laptop so i can't pull the number but it's like ah. they've sold like four hundred thousand of those worldwide since, since it's come out uh it's a tw- it's a it's a motorcycle that honda um, american honda sells like twenty thousand of a year that's just a lot so but i mean they only cost like three thousand dollars yeah i mean i don't know what the margins look like on those but like 50 bucks a hat they, they cost a t-shirt yeah i know can you imagine you go to the dealership hey i just got one of these from you can i get a hat get the fuck out of here get out you cost me money get out right now <laughs> go buy more shit um so yeah it's interesting interesting time in the, in the space we're seeing q3 reports come out for sales those are looking pretty good for most brands oh yeah most brands are looking to be down for the year uh, still, but um, you know, maybe they, maybe some of them will break break water. Uh, I came by your your guys' place. You had a KTM 690 SMCR. Cut you a good deal on that. 
we'll talk 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 to a guy about a thing talk to you after the show um very interested in that uh just if anything to write it but i'm i've been toying with this idea i need a i need a good grocery getter i need a good around town bike i need something that i'm not gonna care too much about if it falls over right um because i don't really have like i have the street fighter but we're now that we're getting in the wet weather Street Fighter's not going to see too many days. She's a, she's a gnarly one in the wet. Yeah. I'm yeah, curious she, what she, that she, one was like in the wet. Bike, too. I'm like, I like to keep her clean. Right now, the R18 is getting just destroyed. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that is the least chromey bike I've ever seen that's <laughs> supposed to have chrome all over it. have to wash it before we do It was the, the shiniest I've seen it in a long time earlier yesterday when it was raining. Yeah. It's like, you washed it. No, it's raining. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you're currently washing it. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting, interesting time here as we wind down the year. Um, it's just kind of surreal. Like honestly, just to think about like twelve years of asphalt and rubber. That's um, a lot, man. Twelve years is a long time. Yeah, it's a big. Any, what's your? I just turned thirty-eight too. So oh, it's like so it's almost old. like a third of my life. I mean, it is basically a third of your life. It's close to it. What's your most fond memory of asphalt and rubber? Like your of of the twelve years you've done. If you could just think of one thing right off the top of your head right now. Um, there's been some memorable moment. I remember the first MotoGP race I did, uh, I stepped on Valentino Rossi's broken foot. Oh, fuck. That was like the very first interview I ever did. Did he say anything to you? And he was like, Ugh! like, like he made like a sound. Like, but he wasn't like, 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 hey, like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> well, you have to understand like the, the, like the media scrums, especially back then, the media scrums were like, like they were scrums. Fast and dirty. Yeah. Scrum. So like people are like pushing and shoving. Like you're like. As close, to, I'm as close to him as I am this microphone right now. Like you're Jesus. up in someone's grid, so it's like it's not crazy that someone stepped on your foot, right? It's just that was right after he like broke his leg <laughs> and did all that nonsense, and um, you know, still like in like a walking cast kind of deal. He went home. He remembered your face. He's like, he was like that fucking stepped guy. right on my broken that foot. Fucking guy. <laughs> uh, what other? What other cool things? I don't know. I've, I've had I've had pretty good luck. It's been a pretty good ride. I mean, twelve years and counting, man. Uh, let's get out of the show. Before we do, I want to give a big shout out to Drew, Austin, and da, 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 DJ. These For, are the these are the the, the pros. These are the reason that you were able to have a burrito tonight. There's a reason that um yeah well the, you were you paid for the burritos. So I appreciate that. But shit, I did. <laughs> they will be paying for your hamburger soon nice. enough, sir. <laughs> um, but that's the commitment. You said, you know, you put it out there. If you people did. sign up for ANR Pro, we'll make sure it's a weekly show. They did it. I don't know how this works. We got to come up with some rules, Shaheen. Does that mean we have to do three weeks now in a row since three people signed up, or does that just count for the next week's show? Um, I think you know, if more people sign up after this one comes out, we're on the hook. We got to get another one out next week. Yeah, we got to get on it. So, uh, question is, how long do you think before this is out? Wow. This will be coming out Monday. I was going to say you heard it here first, like we're talking live. I've got it. Three guys signed <laughs> up. Come on. It's November. It's November 4th. You got called out on Instagram. I stood up for you. They fucking, they fucking, oh man. Right? I mean, I went to business school. I'm money motivated. Have, yeah, this I is coming faith. out. You are listening to us right now on the 9th if you're on the ball. So, today is the 4th. Today is right. the 4th. Monday the 9th. Yeah. Monday the night, uh, and I'll tell you one more. Ooh. I still have the. We still have one more backlog show that I would like. I don't think I'm going to get it done this week. I would like next week to get it out like the twelfth, 
and have it like a like a little gap. I don't think our listeners will know what to do to them themselves if there's only a three day gap between two shows. Well, they better fucking listen to it. They better fucking listen to it. Um, that's my goal because I need to get that done. It needs to get off my to do list. I have other things to do. I've I have truthfully I have A and R pro stories to write. Right. Um, we're in that time of the season. I got three guys signed up. They got a oh boy. That's cool, Coda. Just broke shit. Now we're done. All right. A couple of plugs for our show. Follow us on social media at We Brap Talk on Twitter. Brap Talk on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook if you search Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us your love. And with that, Shaheen, we say... Make good choices and safety, Thoid. Good talk. I'll see you out there. Bye-bye. Long story short, I ended up spending the entire trip not in a hotel, but in the showcase room... For a home restoration business. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love that.